Inside check one, two. Florida Racing. Inside Florida Racing. Inside Florida Racing. Time for Inside Florida Racing. Good evening, everyone. I'm C.C. Brooks. Hey, Rob. Nice to see you. And I'm Rob Elting, a.k.a. Bonehead. And we've got, got Jack here, there? of course. There, he's I, yeah, he's back there and uh, yeah. at the controls, and I've just lost everything in my headphones, but okay. Um, I hey, just turned it down. That's right. I he's, am He's really doing that funky stuff again. He's over there messing with all the controls. <laughs> uh, folks, uh, Inside Florida Racing. I'm excited. Did you hear the news? What's the big news? What, One of my favorite drivers won. Uh, Dave Steele won the TBARA race over there at New Smyrna. You know, I heard about that, that, uh, that he won. And uh, I hear he's, he's driving uh, Liddy Puglio's car. Really? Now, that's a that bomb if I've ever heard it. Now, if I recall, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, did not... Um, Lenny tell us when he took over the TBRA as the president man in charge that he was going to be bipartisan. Like not have a car in the race? Yeah, one of them kind of deals. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I Sounds thought. like he's got a car in the race. Got a car winning the races. So now he's the president and um, he's racing. Hey, Rob. How's that work? Welcome to Florida Stock Car Racing. And this is Inside Florida Racing. Inside Florida Racing. That's right. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get to any races this weekend. I was out Saturday night helping raise money for homeless cats and dogs for the Animal Welfare League of Charlotte County. Jack, did you get to any races? Uh, No, ma'am. Rob, did you get to a race? Yes, I did. Yahoo! Where did you go? I, with my uh, lovely wife, Brittany, who is in the studio with us today. Yeah, welcome, Brittany, to our Um, studio. With my father as well in tow, went to uh, Charlotte County Motorsports Park, which will be the last time I'm going to be able to go there uh, mm-hmm. weekly like I have because I'm going to be, uh, I have moved back to Tampa, actually. Um, Citrus and, County, look out. Yeah, um, I mean, that's probably where I'll be uh, headed. Citrus, You know, I'll be able to travel to a few more tracks, you mm-hmm. know, to uh, help the show out. And no, this won't be my last time on the show, even though the show is uh, based... Um, eight stories up here in Northport, um, we've got a trick up our sleeve because uh, our studio is going to be a lot bigger. <laughs> we're going to work some radio magic. Yeah, so we're, we're going to see how that works, um, and uh, hopefully it's going to help us uh, cover some more shows. But getting back to um, the races, went Charlotte County Motorsports mm-hmm. Park. want to thank uh, Linda and uh, Bobby Deal and Gary for uh, all the hospitality that they've given me. Um, and the show um, throughout this time um, that we've been here doing the show. They've always been uh, open-armed, you know, and, you know, basically uh, just really done a great job promoting our show. Mm -hmm. Uh, They always do. And uh, so I want to thank them. And uh, great show went on, you know, great show. Checkered Flag Sprint Series was there. Yes, they had a a lot of classes, you know. And, uh, again, not so many fans, you know. uh, I kind of, you know... I'm going to go around to some more tracks. I'm kind of glad that I am I have moved back to Tampa, and I'm I'm going to make a trip to some more. I want to go to some regular shows. I want to go mm-hmm. see when it's not, you know, the big. I'm not saying the Checker Flag Sprint Series isn't big, but mm. when it's just a regular week, um, just like that, like Jack was doing, that's what it seemed like that I was doing at the track the other night. And, and that's what I like, was doing it for. It seems like that the uh, atmosphere is not the same. 
and uh, so it was lacking excitement. What did I say? Violent collisions. Violent collisions is what Jack <laughs> thinks we need to get people <laughs> it was interested interesting. to come back. It was hey, interesting. Uh, I, I listen to people. That's my new thing when I'm there. I start listening to what other mm-hmm. people say. And, um, they made some calls on some, you know, uh, kicking some guys off the track or uh, putting, you know, some, some things like that. And it's interesting what fans think. Fans that have never been there before. Um, interesting what they think, um, and I think you know, I think that's why these owners and stuff they definitely need to go sit in the stand sometimes well, and disguise I'll, themselves. I'll tell you tell you what tonight we're going to get into this obviously because tonight um, we're kind of it's kind of cool we're privileged to have uh, three uh, promoters on two of them track owners and one's a general manager Marcus uh, Rusty Marcus not related to Dave Marcus no matter how much bonehead exists that's true um, from Orlando Street World Mike Peters of course from Ocala and uh, a rare interview I think this might be the first time that Mike uh, Cope uh, has ever been on Real Race in USA or any car I've never races. interviewed him other than but saying hello but Christian Augsburger the young man from Henry County Speedway we had on uh, not too long ago, maybe a few months ago, whatever. He won his first feature, and uh, we uh, invited him at the time he was on the last time to come back on after he won his, his first feature. He did that, and he also won the mini stock championship down there. And we have uh, Christian with us. Hey, Christian, how you doing? Good. You must be just on top of the world right now. Yeah, I won last Saturday. Congratulations. I am so proud of you. Thank you. So this was a, a long time coming for you, hasn't it been? Yeah. Kind of, a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, Christian, uh, how many wins How many wins have you had? I think I have about five or six stacked up. Five or six stacked up, huh? Yeah. Well, got to keep track of those. You know, the trophies, they'll start stacking up, too, and get dust all but over But now them. he's a real champion. Oh, he's yeah. got that mini-stock title now. Yeah, I got it again this year, too. So, uh, how old are the other guys that you're running against? They're all over 18. The youngest one is uh, 15. Mm-hmm. He does pretty good. How old are you? 12. So, you're the well, youngest in the class? Yeah. Way to go. So, uh, now, is this two years in the mini stocks? Um, it's coming up on two years, yeah. But we have something really exciting, Rob. Something exciting. So, what's next? Yeah. Something really late exciting. Model. Late model? Yeah. United. He's going to come out and play a little bit with, just a little bit, with the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Oh, on the 25th? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to practice and qualify in that race. Oh, awesome. I will see you there then, honey, because I'm going to come on down. Yeah. Aren't you a little okay. young for a late model? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're, I'm just kidding. Say made. what? What did you say? I think I'm perfect age for a late model. Perfect age. Perfect age. You know, next time somebody asks you that, you know what you tell them? What? Say you're about to find out. (laughs) Oh, hey, hey, Christian. (laughs) Yeah. Christian, I I have my first dirt race coming up. I've I've been asked to race on a dirt track. Yeah. Yeah, I'm nervous. Got any advice for me? Um, You go to the end of the straightaway and turn left. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. you got to give her some better uh, better information than that. She's going to be running a mini stock, so she's going to need to know what to do. Um, Keep it to the floor yeah. and turn left. Yeah. Don't let it get out from under you. 
right. Well, <laughs> well what if it gets sideways? What if it gets sideways? What does she need to yeah, do? Yeah, what do I do then? Turn right. <laughs> Turn right. All right. Well, okay. I, I might call you as it gets closer to my race on November 8th. Or during the race, you might. <laughs> no, Octo- October the 25th. No, no we're no, going to. Oh, yeah, yeah, your yeah my race is November 8th. But we will see you mm-hmm. uh, down at Henry County Speedway on October the 25th, Saturday night, huh? Okay. Look forward to it, and uh, congratulations, man, on your win. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Christian Augsburger. Hey, you know, he's a future, probably future driver of the month right there. I don't know, man. Yeah, it seems like he's uh, he's stacking them he's up now. He's working his way. I want to know what he does here with these guys. I mean, because it sounds like he's ready. Sounds like he's ready to, to hit the... Uh, no, I can't wait to see him out there. Hit, I am still to hit the dirt. I, I was going to say hit the pavement, but he's going to hit the dirt. I can't wait for somebody to still come up. I'm still waiting. Nobody has said we did get a, a some email, but I'm still waiting for somebody to email me with a racetrack in America, a Saturday night or Friday night racetrack mm-hmm. or Wednesday night racetrack, a weekly racetrack in the United States that is really doing well at putting people in the front grandstands. Who are charging twenty dollars to get in? No, I'm still waiting for somebody to send me that. No, isn't it true? You did hear from somebody that said a very successful track in Virginia where entry fee is five dollars. Well, yeah, that's Motor Mile. And Motor Mile, and, and we know of them because they run. Uh, they used to run Hooters Pro Cup races there. The guy re- redid the track. It was closed for a minute. It was reopened. Um, I, I believe I have that right. And but anyway, it was. He put a lot of money. It was made it really sharp. It's a. It's a very classy place mm-hmm. from all i've been there from all indications of people i talk to yeah. who go there um tell me how cool it is and, and describe it and i've seen pictures of the place and they charge five dollars entry for adults and like a buck for kids and the whole point that's in the southern virginia area there and the whole point of it, his whole deal is is to get enough people into the track so he sells lots of food and other stuff mm-hmm. paraphernalia and hats yeah. and, you know stuff and, and sell to vendors and you know, if you have a lot of people coming in, you could do a lot of things with vendors. As That's you, right, as you know. So. Oh yeah. And and going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, we were talking about you know the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things that I think needs to change, and that is that uh, the tracks need to take care of those people. They're in the grandstands, okay. No matter what they pay to get in there, the ones that are coming every week, the ones that are there. If you only have three hundred of them that are in the grandstands. Um, Something needs to happen every week to keep them coming back. Now, I know they have the 50-50 drawing. And grant the 50-50 drawing, if there's not that many there, it's not that good. So all tracks do that. Um, I think there needs to be something else. They need to keep giving away stuff to those people. Like T-shirts, hats. Food, drinks, things, yeah. that, they, things that they can use right then. A they certificate to go down the concession stand and get a hot dog and a soda, something like That's that. That's right. Yeah. And, and just out of the blue, do this. And do about 25 or 30 of them a night, you know, constantly mm-hmm. be giving stuff away. And only call the number out one time, you know, see yeah. who's paying attention. You know, call, that's what they could call it. Now, Are you paying attention? No, Let's then, see. So then would it be that every person that walks through the front gate gets a ticket that yeah. would go towards, not to the 50-50 drawing, but just to the random yeah, free drawing? absolutely. That's easy to do. Yeah, random free drawing, do about 20 of them a night, you know, or maybe more. And that way... People talk about it when they go home and they mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, went to the races the other night and I, I, did, I got a free meal. You yeah. know, they gave me a free Coke, fries and, and a burger, yeah. you know, because I won this or a free T-shirt, just like you said. Um, and it'll give people a trip to those places because 
there are some people, unfortunately, for the tracks, I think, that don't ever go to the concession stand. That's so true. Maybe that would give them a chance to go one time, and they'd say, oh, it is pretty good. And uh, they just need to do some things like that. And I, I think, and, and, I, I and, don't know, CC. And, you know, and Rob, I think T-shirts and hats are a great idea because then those race fans are going to wear them out around the community, and they're walking billboards for your racetrack. You guys sound like you're trying to drum up excitement. Yeah, it needs well, some that's excitement. what needs to be done. Passion. And, and when you have people wearing T-shirts and hats that advertise your track around the community, other people are going to see them. That's a free ad- form of advertisement. When, for are, you. We, when are we going to have uh, uh, Bobby Deal or a representative from Charlotte on on the show for the, our talk? Um, sometime, hopefully, later this month. We have, as a matter of fact, I'll bring that up now. Um, on I believe it's November the tenth. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but I believe it's. That's a Tuesday. November 10th is a, is a Monday. A Monday, yeah. That's when we have uh, Robert Hart, right? which is like off the charts again. I mean, Robert Hart just doesn't do a lot of this kind of stuff, but he has agreed to come on, and we might spend the entire two hours with him on Monday. I Monday. mean, we should. He owns a lot of racetracks. Yeah, and he's... Yeah. I mean, without Robert Hart, listen, you've said it before. Absolutely. Things would... Uh, racing, who, who, could ta- who could take Orlando and New Smyrna... And, and own them right now and, and make them work. All three of those tracks, Orlando, Columbia, and, and uh, New Smyrna, right. they had all City been closed, at, you know, or sitting unless somebody was, I mean, they're on, two of them are on very expensive property, you know, way more expensive than, than a racetrack probably should be sitting Let me on. ask you something, Jack. Now, you know what? Can we get into that later? Can you it's, write that down and hold it's it? It's just aggravating. NASCAR NASCAR is, has some responsibility to why things are like let's, they are. You mean not talk, schedule races at let, 7 o'clock on a Saturday? All right. That let, and other things. Let's okay. talk to the owners about that. Note that down. We'll all talk right. to the owners. Right now we have uh, a modified legend, Leo Cleary, along with our good friend, of course, Carol Wicks. Uh, welcome to Inside Florida Racing, guys. Hi, how's it going? Hi, Rob, Cece. Hello. Hello, Carol. How are you? Leo, what's happening? Not too much. I'm waiting to go to Florida Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Getting, yeah. Out of, getting out of here Wednesday and going to Florida. Bringing your bathing suit? Oh, I know. I don't get near the water. They might get hit by a shack. <laughs> a shock? What's a shock? Well the, well, the big reunion's coming up soon, isn't it? Yeah, in, uh, the end of January. I knew some I missed the last one, but I, I I had a medical problem. But this, I should be all right this time. Hey, Leo, uh, for the fans out here that may not uh, remember when you raced or what you raced, talk to us a little bit about your racing career. I started in four in nineteen forty eight, and I drove for forty four years till ninety two, and uh, you know. I won modified. I ran all divisions. We started in jalopies, then we went to uh, just you know regular cars, and then we went to cut down modified uh, uh, pro stocks, pro um, uh, four modifieds, and uh, full you know NASCAR modifieds. Right. They don't call him Leo the Lion for nothing. Leo the Lion. Now, what's the Lion all about? I think, I don't know what I don't know how I get that reputation, but that that hung with me for one time. Somebody <laughs> somebody hung me with it. Carol, do you know the story behind that? 
No, I really don't. I know how he races, and I know what a prankster he is, but I don't know how he got the lion. Well, I just they did because I was aggressive or something, you know. I was. Oh, gee. <laughs> Leo, Leo, do you know this crazy lady, uh, Carol? Only by phone. Oh, are, are you going to get to meet her? No, I, I haven't met her. No. Uh, Carol, are you going to go no. to the reunion? I'm sorry. Carol, are you going to the reunion in January? Of course I'm going to the reunion. You think I'm working this hard for nothing? Ah. You know why we're doing this reunion, Leo? Why is that? To thank you guys for pioneering the fabulous race. Carol, don't you start crying. She she is. (laughs) She is. (laughs) Leo, Leo, did you go last year to the uh, reunion? I didn't know. I was I was sick. I couldn't go there. I I got invited and I couldn't make it because okay. I did, I was in a little problem. I had to go to the hospital and they didn't let me out for a couple of days. And well, over. Well, you know, uh, your buddy. I don't know if you know him, but you know Bug Stevens personally. Oh God! Oh, do I do I know Bug? <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't doing so chipper that day either, and he was there. But let me. I was just going to say, if you weren't I, I there. Yeah, well, if you weren't there last year, I'm just going to give you a heads up, okay? When you come to this event, bring all of your bag of old stories and lies and stuff. You're going to need them all. All of them. All of them. All of them. And also, I think, um, uh, Jack and Carol, you'll be there with some recording equipment and re- to record some of the stories of these drivers, won't you? Well, Carol will be there for sure. I'm not sh- I think I'm going to be there, but Real Race in USA in any event is going to be broadcasting the event, that's fact, yeah, live. For the, just for, um, for the record, Jack. For the record? For the record, hold on, let's write Wait, this, this is down. official. Get a notary in here. For the record. I just really want to thank you and Karnak so much for helping us promote this show, because it was such a complete success last year, and you were a big help. <laughs> thank you for helping us. Jack, stop crying. <laughs> oh, look at those tears, hey, Rob. Guys, would you do me a favor and slap them? You want to be sla- you, Hey, can, can we slap him, or you want him to slap me? What? Oh, or, or Carol, I can slap both of them. <laughs> I know you can't go for it. <laughs> Leo, tell us about one of your favorite pranks that you pulled on Bugsy. I know there's a couple. Well, you know, keep it clean. Uh, 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 the uh, staff of two hundred, which is a, a annual race. Uh, I was, I, I started in the rear. Uh, because it was an accident on the first lap, so uh, they had a restart, and I had to pull in because I, the bumper was uh, dragging. So I, I came in. They put they fixed the bumper up. So I went out and started last because I I was in the pit. Uh, so I started last with 200 lappers, and at uh, 126 laps, 80 80 uh, 80 20. Plumpy and Buggy were battling out for the lead, and unbeknownst to them, I had come from the back, and I and I caught them, and I went by the pair of them on the front straightaway, and they're thinking I'm a I'm a lap guy getting unlapped, so it went on and on and on and on. So uh, the race is over. They're giving it to Buggy. I I says, what what are you what are you talking about? So we we had a big argument at the starting line. And uh, Midcalf, the chief, chief snorer for uh, 
NASCAR was there. So uh, uh, they they look they at the records and they're sure this is about an hour after the race is over. Everybody's gone home and they, they declared I did win it. I that I went by them, I passed them. I wasn't unlapping myself. I was I was taking the lead. So uh, that that went on and on and on. They were arguing. They paid us both for second because Sonny Casella, the owner of Bugsy's car, protested it. He protested the race that I didn't win it. So I went to Hartford Court. They threw it out, and uh, it was nine years later through the court. The, all the court procedures that they declared that I did win it, and they had a and uh, the, the other the other thousand dollars difference between the win was in the bank for that time getting interest. So <laughs> Joe Brady, my car owner, he got the purse and the and the uh, the interest on the money. So Buggy, Buggy, and the Buggy, I said, Buggy, don't you remember me going by? He said, I didn't see you all day. <laughs> but we ended up getting it, and uh, but Bucky and I are great friends. Oh yeah, yeah, um, great, great friends. We had a lot of fun with him last year. Thank God he's feeling a lot better. Yeah, but he won or something. Uh, he get, yeah, have you heard about him getting Lyme disease? Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's I all over that. He's getting better. Well, I was with him Sunday, and he's got a ways to go yet. <laughs> You know what, Leo? It's tougher and tougher to get better when you get sick at our age. Hey, uh, when is this event, Carol? Say what? When is this event? February 13th from noon to about 5, and they're going to be some of the greatest races that ever lived there. On Friday the 13th? Yes. Wow. February? Yes. Wow. February is February, right? The day before before Valentine's Day. Oh, that's right, too. Oh, yeah. You'll have all your favorite Valentines there, Carol. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah, you're going to have all your Valentines there. I can see you now. You're going to be giving red hearts out to everybody. <laughs> There's a lot of guys from the Northeast going to be there. I know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, last year. A lot, of, yeah. Well, a lot of guys that I ran with, they're all, they're all planning on coming. Well, let's Our narrow it down. Yes, used to bring... Um, <laughs> We, he used to, we used to be part of a freezer plan, and Bobby used to deliver meat to my house every month. He's the one that got me started going to Norwood Arena. Yeah, right. And I used to watch you guys for years and years, and I moved down here in 73, and right around that time they closed down and demolished the track. And? Do you remember Nixon? <laughs> President? I'm just kidding you. You, you know I got to hey, give hey, you a hey, hard hey, time. Hey, hey, hey. You know, Carol, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you go to our special events uh, section of Real Race in USA. I'm not a crook. The, in- <laughs> the, the entire broadcast that we did last year from the Modified Reunion over there is available. You can listen to the whole thing. It's like two hours or something. Do you know that? Uh, yes. Oh. I, I listen to it every once in a while. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know if you knew that. Yes, I do know that. Well, in case you did, you knew it. That's good. Now everybody we're telling other people. <laughs> My goodness, Carol. Leo, you are going to have such a good time. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, I will. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And Jerry Binner is the one that started this whole thing, and 
but he's making it really special this year. All right, let's talk about the drivers that are going to be there. Carol, name off some of the drivers that are going to be there. Bug Stevens, Leo Cleary, Ron Bouchard, George... What? He's bogged down there. We've talked to all those guys. What about the rest of them? Uh, Doug Heveron's going to be back there. Uh, you're asking me a question on my brain. I know. I was seeing how your He's brain's put, working. putting pressure on you, man, because we got like a minute and a half before break time. Trying to get something so, in uh, here. Jack, don't waste your time on me. <laughs> That's right. We uh, Leo, uh, so uh, Leo, you picking up any races while you're down here? Well, I, I, I've been up in the Northeast. Uh, when I get down, I'll go, you know, I go to the weekly stuff here and there, and then I'll... When they start practicing for the uh, win- the cup uh, guys, I'll be over there and they're with a Barberville all over the place. I'll be all over there. Yeah, yeah. there'll be a lot of racing going on during uh, during those weeks, yeah. and uh, all your buddies will be down. Uh, you know, uh, you guys stay out of trouble, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. all right. I forgot to tell you, Jerry Dusty said he was going to make it. I know, and I heard that too, yeah. And Pete That's- Hamilton might be able to come this year. Yeah. There you go, Carol. Your brain's warming up. Go ahead. Yeah, Bobby Pendergast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Summers, George Summers, Bill Wimble. Who is that guy that you're going to think of about an hour after you get off the phone with us? Who's that guy? Who's Who's the Reverend? What was the Reverend? Uh, reverend Bill. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Did you forget about him? Happy Chappy. Yeah, you forgot all about him, didn't you? Chappy, Bill Ross. You forgot all about him. I never. What about the guys that write the the guy that writes the book, the books? The books about Bugsy. Is he coming? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's his name? Oh. The guy that wrote the book about Bugsy. Lou Boyd. Lou Boyd. Lou. Oh, I think he said who. I'm sorry. (laughs) He's wrote a lot of he's wrote a lot of the uh, the uh, stories and the guys in the northeast. Lou Boyd is the most awesome guy. He is. Just the greatest person you could ever meet. Okay, give me the date one more time. I just, I just somebody trying to get on my line. We're out of time too, Leo. Thank you so much. November thirteenth. Okay. All right, thanks, Leo. January. Yeah. Bye, Carol. Bye, Leo. Thank, thank, you. thank you so thanks. much. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. February. Bye, bye. All right, February 13th. February 13th. We'll Friday. get it right one way or it's another. It's during speed weeks. I mean, Friday. you're going to get. It. Isn't it during speed weeks? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be. Do you know you can't use that word? Speed weeks or whatever. That's the word that got NASCAR trying to sue me, for God's sake. Oh, okay. Hey, as long as we have a moment here, I just want to send out a happy birthday greeting to Derek Horton, uh, my driver at Charlotte County Motorsports Park. He does the Pro 4s, mini stocks, as well as figure 8s. Derek's birthday is Wednesday. He emailed me to let me know that. So happy birthday, Derek. Hey, uh, we're going to take a Ross break. Ross Chastain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He not only can drive a truck. Yeah. And win. He keeps yeah. okay, branching and out. And win. He yeah. not only can drive a late model and win. Yeah. He drove the heck out of a legend car the other night. Yeah. And won. And when's he going to get a driver's license? <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> see, now there's, see, he should have gone see, to break right there. there. We're there's take a another break. young driver who we'll could be. be a future inside Drive, Florida Racing Driver of the Month. Hey, and you know, he's a really nice young man. Yes, he is. Him and, oh, I love visiting with him and his father. Yeah. They're great people. Yeah. Um, we'll be right back, folks.
No, no, I do not know how many homeless children are, but I do know there are homeless children in Charlotte County. There's a lot of them um, where I live. All over and, the country. And, and Rob, I was helping raise money for Charlotte County's animal shelter, the Animal Welfare League on Durant Street in Charlotte Harbor. Um, they've had an increase in the cats and dogs brought in because of people losing their homes. Because of people petting cats and no, taking them in. No, they lose their homes and they can't take the pets to where they're right. finding places yeah, to I rent or move in with their parents. And so the animals get dropped off at the animal shelter. It's time to talk. I mean, you know, it's the, the, the Chinese, they have an answer for that, you know. Oh, don't even go there. That's disgusting. Right. That's well, disgusting, I mean, why, just that Why thought. just kill them and throw them away? I mean, you could... It's okay. perfectly they good don't, they nourishment. Don't, they don't right kill there. them Rawr. at the animal shelter. Get over here. Rawr. The right. animal shelter takes care of them All right, and finds them new okay, homes. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Let's it's get. time to get down to the three Ps. Prices, <laughs> purses, and promotion. Uh, Sounds good. And then and the fourth gonna, P. And we're going to start... Mike. We're going to start by picking on the promoter oh, at Orlando Speedway. Rusty Marcus, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Why, thank you. What did I just walk in on? I'm talking. I'm hearing about Chinese food. And stuff like that. <laughs> oh, Rusty, just ignore Rob. Just, <laughs> just Rob with another great idea. It's radio psychobabble. Rusty, I am looking forward, and I'm going to come up to your track um, for the charity truckers race. Looking forward to coming up there. Well, you need to come up there before then because I got the Marion Edwards coming up next week. And yet, oh, before you leave, I'm going to have to be, see if I can do that. Be, before you leave the air with us tonight, I want you to talk about that. But right now, what we want to do is what we I want you to tell us how tough it really is, and I don't want you to hold back. I mean, no sugar coating allowed. No sugar coating <laughs> here. What we need to make a, make people aware of is how difficult things really are right now rusty and i and i have i'm i'm convinced i may be wrong but i'm convinced myself that this situation in florida racing with the tracks is in far worse shape than the the drivers know it, it yeah i believe it really is i believe what we're seeing this year and this is just my take on it i believe what you're seeing the drivers do at this point is uh not really revolt, but a little bit of a revolt. Okay, they're spending their hard-earned money to, to put on a show for us, the fans, us, the tracks. Um, I think what they're, what they're saying, we're not going to be herded around like cattle. You're going to listen to us. If you don't, we're going to do something else. And if you look at the car count, something is absolutely positively going on. Um, I, I had the, the pleasure of being the race director New Star on a Saturday night. Uh, they had a Bright House race that they combined with the Sunbelt Series. They had 12 cars. How, how 13 many, at Auburndale. How many, how, many fans, how many fans did you have in the stands? 
you know what? That part I don't know. It, it wasn't a bumper crop, but here it was. And, and, and don't think that I'm doing anything against New Smyrna or anything like that. Hey, we're just uh, talking no. facts, man. Uh, we, we, um, but, they, you know, that, that race was up against the Charlotte race. Uh, yeah. TV? Was, you know, we had, we had the oh, I and the Bright House combined. You know, you would think that we would have gotten a good car count. I, I, let me ask you something real quick, Russ. This is Rob. Um, since you just said it, you know, up against the Charlotte race, I, I'm, I, I just said something earlier tonight, and I've been having this feeling, and it keeps hitting me more and more. And I, I think that, that you know, uh, NASCAR has a certain responsibility in um, seeing what um, local racing is doing today. And secondly, with that, do you think, um, you know, what do you think about that? And also, um, do you think that, um, does do you think that NASCAR maybe do, do they ever sit back and think about that? Um, without, if there wasn't any local racing, if all the racetracks closed up, that it would really affect them? I, I, I absolutely do think that they would think that it would affect them because otherwise they wouldn't have their short track programs that they have in place. But that's, a, that's such an expensive program for people to get involved in. Right. Well, here's, here's the thing. Uh, NASCAR is looking at stuff, but, you know, when you're the strongest, you can, you can flex a little bit of muscle. Okay, and that's what NASCAR does. You know, hey, if a Saturday night show works out better for them at Charlotte, then that's what they're going to do. They're not going to go, you know, we can't hurt the little guys. Uh, they're a powerhouse, and they've earned the right to be a powerhouse. I mean, they've, they've built that machine into a huge, huge machine. Uh, does it does it hurt the short tracks when we're running up against them? Absolutely. When you can sit in your underwear and drink beer and eat pretzels in your living room for free. Is that what you do? Rusty, is that what you do? Because you just didn't well, come off with that. Let's go. Let's go back, Rusty, to the point you opened with, which is outside. I'm trying to see how that fits into the the three P's that we're talking about, which is you know prices at the tracks and the purses at the tracks and the promotion or lack of of. Uh, well, how does this? What's the deal with this drivers? We, Tell us about this. Can we just start off by clarifying what the price is at your racetrack since we're going to get into pricing? Okay, the price the price at Orlando, uh, we're a little bit disgruntled with our back gate. We went up to $30 this year, and I think it really hurt us. $30 for a non-member, $20 for a fast car member. Uh, I think what that did... So, so in, in the pits? That's the pits. For the pits, yeah. Right. What about your grandsons? I think what that did was is that thinned out the herd in the underclass your strictly stocks and super stocks because guys just don't have that kind of money and they didn't have the money to to buy the fast car license now we worked with with anybody that we could to let them get their fast car license if they needed to make payments on it or if they needed to do whatever they needed to do what's what's that all about explain the fast car license uh fast car license is 75 bucks yeah and what is that uh what that does is that gets you ten dollars off at the gate Okay. And, and, and it also allows you to accumulate your points. It also has something to do with insurance, too, doesn't it? No. No? It, it, it did for a long time, but now the insurance is all all the same. Okay, Rusty, now. I, mean, no. I, I can sit here and tell you, oh, yeah, but it doesn't. Okay. Okay, now, Rusty, what, what is the price for the regular fan just to come into the grandstand? Okay, now this is something that I'm pretty proud of. Uh, sometimes I can't, I can't do it the way that I want to do it, but Orlando is still at $10.00 front gate for a regular show. Seniors and students are five. Kids 11 and under are free. Awesome. Makes it an affordable night out. Now, mm-hmm. this, this Friday, we have the uh, uh, Bright House race, and we will go up to $15 general admission. 
uh, $10 seniors and students and kids 11 and under free. Uh, and then when we have the Sun Belt race the following weekend, unfortunately it goes up to 20 uh, which I hate that part. Which go, What's that now? When does it go to 20? The, for the Sun, Sun Belt, Belt race. For the, for the Sun Belt. Now, yeah. now, is it going up to 20 based on the purse for the race? It's going up to 20 because it's supposed to be a $20 event. Who said? Who said, exactly. <laughs> no. It, in all, in all uh, honesty, that race should be a $20 event. Yeah. Event. And let's, let's just be frank about this. Like, the people that are listening to this show and listen to it every week, these are not your uh, occasional, the, the occasional fan who goes to a racetrack once in a while right. are not the people that listen to this show either live or in its archive version. The people who listen to this show are race car drivers, people that are associated with the sport directly, or fans that just cannot get enough. So we're talking to the, to the base here, you know what I mean? So Let me clarify what I said. It should be a $20 show. You should get every dime for that twenty dollars out of that show. Will it happen that way? Hmm. I think on that one you will because of, of the way that we we built this one. Yeah. Um. But the, the way that all got started, we had a, a couple of years ago. We went through and we, we we decided we'd have weekly prices to get in. We'd have a medium show, which would be like uh, the truck, southern sportsman. They, those would be the fifteen dollars shows. And then the premiere shows, which would be the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, which would be the the, the Goodyear, the Sunbelt, uh, Sprint cars. Those would be twenty dollars shows. And we, in theory, those should be twenty dollars shows because when you come there, you should be so excited about being there. Now, I would like them to be fifteen. I'd like them to be a ten dollars show that you feel like you should have paid twenty dollars for when you walked out of there. Do you guys advertise pretty heavily for those $20 shows and put some excitement out there that there's actually going to be something worth that 20 bucks? You know, we, we advertise a lot more than people think that we do. Uh, now, some of the things that, that I come to blows with, with my management over is uh, we advertise really heavily for, like, uh, the Wing Sprint Series, TBRA. Well, there was a, there was a little mix-up a couple years ago. And I had always thought, you know, hey, what's the sense of advertising? The people that are coming to see it are coming to see it. The other, they don't really attract other people. They attract the people that follow that. Well, it was proven. We had a little mix-up, and the numbers were the same as if we'd advertised. And it was like, well, why are we spending so much money advertising if we're just going to get the same people? What's got to happen is... Or maybe you should have thought about maybe redesigning the advertising so it actually got the job done. Right. Now, that's that's a thought, too. And, and another thing, too, is your advertising works weeks behind a lot of times. So Exactly. Yeah, people um, hear it, and then they don't act, always act on it right I, away. I'm, I still try to clarify this one thing you said about the drivers, because that's how you, what you started off with, Rusty, was about the drivers. And, by the way, I want to thank you. Um, for Rusty's got a, a little bit of the flu going here, and we really appreciate you taking the time to do this. If you hear any strange noises, just don't. <laughs> just let us know. We'll push the cough yeah, button. Yeah, but... but but you, 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 I kind of got the, the drift that when you started talking about pricing, that you feel that raising the purse or the, the back gate of price for the drivers and crews caused some of the drivers not to race as much. Is that what I was hearing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I was just doing some things here. If you race 40 weeks a year, which is a lot, 
It's insane to be doing it all that much. But if that's what it is, it is. If you are charging $10 more, that's like, what, $400 more for per the year? I have a hard time in my head reconciling that that would be enough money to keep a driver. And what am I missing? Is it because there's drivers and he's got to pay for the crew? What you're missing is, okay, now that driver's paying $30 to get into that pit area. Right. Okay, now when you're talking strictly stocks and super stocks and mini stocks, that's not your upper echelon of driver. They're the drivers that I love the most because they're the ones that put the show on. But... You strictly stock back for your average, ordinary guys that work jobs where they lift their butt all day long. They've got this little car that they are just as proud of as Timmy Russell is in his super late model. And that's no slam against Timmy. It's just it's the truth of the matter. You, you watch those little strictly stocks running around out there, and those guys are proud of those cars. Okay, but they can't afford. Okay, now if they come into the pit, if it's $30 a head because they don't have their fast car license, they bring them and two crew members in. You're looking at ninety bucks just to get the car in the game. That hurts these guys. I see. When you add up the crew and and the mama right. and the whatever, yeah. And and you have a lot of people who bring their families into the pits with them as well. Yes. And I, and there's a lot of things that I'm working on, and I've I've tried to work on before, and, and I absolutely positively got to get them put into play. Uh, I wanted to two fence in one of the grandstand areas in the back so the so the guys can have their their wives and kids come in the front gate and sit on the back, like Bradenton had. I don't, I, I don't know how Bradenton. How they used to do that. They still do it sort of that way, yeah. Okay, where, where you know, you can come in through the front gate and get the the lower price ticket, but still be able to uh, be with each other. You know, the drivers sure. through a little gate and then, then they can sit with each other. That would save them a ton. Now, if you look at, at the way a racetrack's supposed to work, now you want to get as many people in the back gate as you can. But you have to look at it realistically, too. People can't afford to spend a couple hundred bucks a week racing. And by the time, that, you know, if they bring if they bring their wife and, their, and one kid, they've got 90 bucks in that. Then they've got to get fuel, which, thank goodness, fuel is going down. Um, so that, that will help also. So you as a general manager of the track, <laughs> you have a few staff that are working there throughout the week, I guess. A couple of people working with you, right? Doing maintenance. Me, my, me myself, and I. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. And um, All the personalities that go along with it. <laughs> okay, so just so people understand, and uh, this isn't like playing up the Rusty, this just is the way it is. That this, You have one person here, Rob, who's going to have to get the promotion done, get everything organized to get promotion done, to put people in the seats, Get the organization done on the back end to make sure that the drivers are there and everything and all the thousands of details that go into that. That's a big thing to do. And I get I get support from from New Smyrna without a doubt. I mean, Kim Brown does does a great job with me. Uh, a couple times a week, we have the the maintenance crew from from New Smyrna come down, so that takes a big chunk of it of it off. Um, and the the promotions, and I've said this before, and I will say it again. If you want to see Orlando turn into a profit center, it needs to go to Saturday night. And I absolutely, positively believe that. And I will fight for that until the day I leave this organization. How would things be different? And I, I, I understand that, and that's noted. How would things be different at Orlando if Rusty Marcus only had to wake up on Monday 
and didn't have to think about anything else until Saturday night but putting people in the front grandstands. How would that place be different? Oh, it would be hugely different. Because if, if you just spent your time, and, and Robert jumps on me all the time about doing it, and then you end up getting caught up in, you know, need to do this, need to do that, need to do something else, or something breaks the track and it has to be fixed, or, or whatever. <laughs> you want to, you want to, you need a marketing person. You need a strong, strong marketing person. Somebody to go out and just absolutely kill it. Passion and enthusiasm. Right. And and you've heard me say this. Everything that we do needs exactly that. Everything. You've heard me say this before. If we can't get excited about our product, who the hell is going to get excited about it? And quite frankly, we haven't been getting excited about our product. And we've got to. And, and the sooner people understand that, the quicker racing is going to pull out of it. Now, we're building, you know, we we got a couple of really good races coming up, and, and I've been going around, and I've been talking to people, and, and I've been talking to our people, and, and Saturday night I talked to one of our one of our people, and I said, look, here's what I want. This race is not going to be like the other races that we've had. We're going to go into this like we used to, where it was exciting, and people wanted to be here, because I want this race to go off without a hitch. Marion Edwards, the Marion Edwards deal. Tell us about that. Marion Edwards, hold on, hold on. Uh, Marty Little, uh, I got in touch with him, and he hooked us up with the Edwards family. The Edwards family has been very gracious and given us the, the naming rights to the Marion Edwards Memorial. It's the Orlando Dodge 125 that we've ran for years and years. Uh, we've attached the Marion Edwards Memorial to it. Which Explain the significance of that for people that don't know. Where does that come from? Okay, here's the significance for me. For years and years and years, I went to Hialeah Speedway for the Marion Edwards Memorial. I had no clue who he was. It was just a good race. Because just about any race you went to at Hialeah was a good race. And I understand that he passed away at New Smyrna in a uh, practice session. And uh, Hialeah had picked up, he was from the Hialeah area, and Hialeah picked up the race, and, and it was a great race. Uh, we're we're so excited about having it. All but one of the one of the brothers will be with us the following Friday night. Not this Friday night, the following Friday night. Uh, we're supposed to have one of the old winners cars there uh, from years past, which I think is absolutely cool. Uh, we're calling for all the pace cars to come from all the tracks all over the state, which I know Ocala won't be able to make it because they'll be racing that night. But we're we're trying to get everybody involved. We want we want to get everybody involved back in racing again and make racing fun again. And I know it's late in the year, but you got to start somewhere. So, uh, you know, that, that seems to be the, the issue, uh, basically, is the excitement, you know, in and around the racetrack and, that's, that's and getting, getting some, some new people. I don't think excitement's going to come back to the racing at the racetrack until some new people get in front of the race and get excited about it because the old people that have been going all this time are not going to get excited about it they're just they're so complacent you know i think saturday night would be great for orlando i've always thought that but in the same token i think it would be a negative for your sister track over there because i think some of the cars run at both don't they very very few we've we've looked at the numbers and it wouldn't hurt either one of them car-wise. Well, and you still you already got a Saturday night bunch of cars that run on Saturday night, right? Of course. 
we've got our little legends and bandoleros and pro challenge and mini cups and all that fun stuff. Well, I mean, there's no doubt you probably need to be using uh, both of the nights. And uh, uh, what kind of advertising are you guys doing? I mean, uh, do you use local radio advertising at all? On the Friday night show, we do. On the Saturday night show, we don't. Every do you, Friday night? Who does, just who, Friday night. who does the ads? Who uh, designs them? The New Smyrna office. Uh, uh, Joe Lewandowski and Kim Brown work on those up there. Yeah. Rusty, and, do you give the radio stations free uh, tickets to give away so the jock has... to anybody to give away, trust me. <laughs> okay, because that's just always a good thing. The jocks will talk about, you know, as a disc jockey myself, you know, we'll talk about it. we got something to give away for the racetrack. We're going to be talking about it and uh, opening up the phone lines and giving them away. Yeah, are you, giving, are you giving those tickets away to the right people? That's what I was getting at. I think, obviously, Rusty, if they gave you... Um, I think that you have wear too many hats, okay? That's and exactly. and there's 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 at, at all the racetracks. I believe that we're going to see that there's one man that's wearing too many hats, and there has to be a guy whose job it is is to put people in the seats. And that guy, okay, has got to be an idea man or woman. That's They've right. got to have several ideas all the time, and not necessarily to design new races. Or new things, you know, that the track needs to be doing. Basics. But sometimes they could give some insight in that. But that same person needs to be at the racetrack on the night of the races. They need to be in those grandstands because nobody will know who they are. And start listening and stick their ear out and see what the buzz is. See what people are talking about. If people are sitting in the grandstands yawning and not having a good time in between, then you need to get the right announcer that's that's keeping them excited or something that's right. keeping them excited in between and i think that that's a big problem with the show today every every position at a racetrack is a show whether it's the person working the concession window or if it's the flagman or if it's the buggy driver every position is a show and you right. can turn it into its own yeah. show and you're the guy you you know that as well as anybody in this state no doubt just just to Give us the quick now. Give us the one minute thumbnail your deal of where you started in this game to where you are now. Just do it. Give us the quick version. Okay, selling fifty fifty tickets. You're one of those girls. Be- and why did you? And why did you start selling? One night, only one night. I was one of those girls. And, and why did you start selling fifty fifty tickets? Why? Down at the old Thundercross. Wow, and, Thundercross. And it was fun. People, people enjoyed. They. But they- why did you start doing it? Um, Wasn't it because they couldn't sell the damn things and you well, decided to show them out? The that they had there had quit. And they needed somebody to do it. And I was there. I had I had my little race car that I had. That that was that consistent race car that I had. Dead last every time. Right. <laughs> and uh, they asked me if I would do it. And uh, the first night, I think we sold a thousand something tickets. Uh, what did you What did you so, do? A thousand. Yeah. So they wanted to do it every night. And it was like, okay. And it just turned into, uh, you know, you get to know everybody. You you, you 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 have to change like a chameleon as you're going around because you might be talking to a preacher at one spot and a big drinker at another, and and and, and you have to be able to to blend in with them. So you showed some people that you had some passion and you could you could actually get something accomplished, and you ended up being the general manager of the racetrack. Really pisses me off anymore. Huh? You can't see my passion anymore. Well, why well, is that? Why is that, Rusty? Why can't we see your passion? There's too much other stuff, and I let it bog me down. Right. Well, have you forgot what's important? Right. I see that, 
and it pisses me off because I look at it and I go, you know what? This is not what I'm built on. That's why I ask you what would what would New Orlando Speed World be like if Rusty was only thinking about putting people in the seats. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me ask you this now. How many people have come to you, because we've talked about this before, we've probably talked about this a dozen times at least on the air on this show over the years, about your deal with 50-50 tickets and all that. How many people have ever come to you and said, how can we sell more 50-50 tickets? None. <laughs> right. This is one of the biggest things that drives me crazy. You have people sitting in racetracks all over this state, all over the place, and they don't go out and get information from people who've been successful at doing stuff. It just drives me mad. What do you guys Why? give away? Do you guys yeah. give away anything uh, at your racetrack during the, the, the during the race? We do some giveaways. Uh, you know, we'll have different groups that come in and, and give us T-shirts or hats or koozies or. What about or, food? Do you guys ever give away food or anything like that? My setup at Orlando is a little different than other tracks because my my concessions are leased. We do give away some food, but it's not like if we had our, our concessions ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we could do something different with it then. But you see, but that aggravates me because, <laughs> uh, no, listen, Rusty, listen to this, okay? Those, if I'd go tell those people down there at the food place, say, listen, today we're giving away this, this, and this that you're going to provide for us. And for that, our announcer that we pay... He's going to talk about your food, so you'll sell more food, and mm-hmm. we're going to give some of it away. Rusty, that kind of stuff has to be done right there. Right. And and you guys got to give away twenty items yeah, during you, the night. And what about and and what about like um, track apparel, track T-shirts and hats, which then put people walking around the community as free yeah. walking billboards yeah. for you. I mean, CC, that's a great right thing. Actually, we have we have we have apparel. Unfortunately, when we remodeled at the beginning of the year. We took the old souvenir shop out. Now that I'm in the process of making another one, that'll be, you're going to see it when you walk in. Um, and we will be getting that apparel out. But yeah, bumper. But if you still right now, in your possession at the track somewhere, do you have a box of t-shirts? No. So you're out of completely out of t-shirts, hats, there, things no, like that. I'm not, I'm not out of t-shirts, but the question was, do I have them at the track? No. <laughs> well, no. But put this way, you don't have to. You don't have to have them set up to sell them. Just have somebody during the course of the evening, during a downtime in between a, in between races, throw them out right. to the crowd. So that way, then you've got you know people, you know more people out there doing free advertising for you. Are you telling me you don't know how many people you had at the races last week? Are you going to tell me you don't again? Oh, last week? Yeah. How many people oh, yeah. were in your grandstand? I, I know how many we had last last Friday. Uh, well, last Friday we had zero. The Friday before... That wasn't a good night. <laughs> it was a rain. <laughs> flooded. No, how, how many people did you have last time that you can remember? Uh, our grandstands usually run around 200. Okay. And now you're on Friday night. Which, which, just for the record, to make it clear, so everybody if else. it was not... For Robert Hart owning that track, that place would close. Exactly. It would collapse in a heartbeat. And and I told you this the other day on the phone. You know, Robert and I, we lock horns quite regularly, but I do take my hat off to him because he keeps Absolutely. these racetracks going. Well, we're going to ask him for forgiveness for all you guys giving him such a hard time at all these racetracks. <laughs> now, now, Rusty, when you, when you have the special events like the, uh, the two-day charity trucker race, mm-hmm. well, that comes in. What's your grandstands look like then? 
What was it like last year? The charity trucker race, for some reason, has not generated that much interest in the grandstand. It does a lot in the pit, right. but not in the grandstand. Now, Rick gives away a lot, a lot of tickets, right. but it doesn't. the place doesn't fill up. So far, our best promotions have been the driver appreciation, where the drivers give out the tickets. Yep. That works like a charm. Yeah. Now, now, do you guys, listen, let me ask you this. If you let people in for free, okay, what if you just didn't charge, and this, Jack's going to freak out when I say this because you shouldn't, you shouldn't let them in for free every week, but if you had a free race and you didn't charge anybody mm-hmm. and the whole place was full, maximum, okay, packed full inside your grandstands, wouldn't you guys still make pretty good money? If you could pack the place out, yes, absolutely. So so now, could you, especially when season is going to start up here in a few weeks and we have the influx of people from up north coming down to Florida, and uh, is that something you could experiment right. with, like one experiment with, like like one night, promote it, advertise it, and see what happens? Well, what we did last year is we did the uh, winter series. Well, we did it on Saturday afternoon. It was a trophy-only run. And I think it worked out really well. The guys, the, the, I shouldn't say the guys, the drivers had a blast with it. Because we raced Saturday afternoon. And, you know, that way we didn't have to turn the lights on. It's during the winter, so it's not hot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we tried to keep the, the prices low on everything so that people could come out and have a good time. And I think it did, I think it did extremely well. Um, am I going to be able to do it again this year? I haven't gotten it approved as yet. Okay. Uh, do I think there's a need for it? Yes, because we close down when all the tourists are here. Yeah, they, and we open up right as they head home. I I know it's a tough thing what you guys do at the racetracks. Very you tough. know, well, don't, you can see. Don't don't think that that we don't uh, know it and don't appreciate it. And you know, Rusty, what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, see if we can't help get an answer to the problem. And uh, we, of course, did not get that answer to the problem at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. But we've got to go, and I'm sure we'll have you back on again. Well, what, what I want to say before I have to go is yes. that to all the fans and all the drivers, you know, I know, I know you get, I know you get ticked off with the track owners and promoters and, and everything like that. But we've all got to come together because these tracks are dying at an amazing rate, and if everybody keeps trying to prove a point, there's going to be more and more of them dying, and there's no way around it. I mean, people like. Like Critter over at Inverness. I mean, that guy, he's great. Uh, Bobby Deal. Uh, uh, you know, Ocala, Inverness. You know, everybody's trying to keep their tracks going. Will they be able to do it? Who knows? And we need people to, to if you love this sport, you need to dig deep. And, and you know, hey, come out and help us with Could it. you use some volunteers over there where you're at? We can always use volunteers. All right, so if somebody wants to get in touch with you, they can go to the Orlando Absolutely. The Orlando Speed World? Usually usually whenever we have volunteers yeah. help us out. Uh, I get a lot of people that want to volunteer, uh-huh. but you need people that, and I don't know how to put this other than how to put it. Put it bluntly. Kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. And not just, you know, hey, I want to volunteer, you know, and they show up in shredded clothes every week. Yeah, but if you've got people, if you could get... Uh, you know, five or ten people a week who who want to come out and help you tackle, get out promotion and and oh, and and help you with that part of it, huh? So, so if people can go to that's Orlando's, why, that's why that's why the driver promotion works so well because right. the drivers are in so many different areas. Right. They're passing out tickets in places that it would take me all year to get. To. Well, there should be driver promotion going on every week, Rusty. 
every week you should give yeah. every driver that comes there and spends their hard-earned money every week you should give each driver 10 free tickets every week to give out well you know you know one of the things that i'm trying to get quick through now is is to try and help on the back gate is and i, I brought it up at several meetings but i haven't gotten it approved as yet not five bucks off the back gate if you come in an open trailer that's you know i've heard that from some other from some other guys before and and, you know, uh, why, why and is Rusty, you know, tr- it's not the back gate. It's the front gate, man. It's the front no, gate. No, no, no. That's, That's what I'm that. telling you. You guys worry about making money in the no, back no, gate. No, 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 no. You missed you miss the whole point. That open car coming through town causes excitement. Yeah, you're right. I, I you know, those trailers bring no excitement. I got it. I got that. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm, that's that's a tr- and, and, true. And you know your your gates. You're ten dollars. So I mean, you're already doing your part at the front gates. But I. Right. No, on Friday night, there's not much you can do on a Friday. You guys are doing great. If you're getting 200 people there on a Friday night and consistently there, you're you're not far behind the rest of them that are on Saturday nights. Dude. All right. So the biggest problem we've concluded at Orlando Speed World, Rusty, you need to get some rest because you already got too many jobs to do. So you need to get some rest. Get rested up so you can get at it on Tuesday. Here you see that he'll say, "What the hell are you talking about?" Oh, we'll we'll get to Robert on November the tenth. Well, I'm going to try to tell Robert for you that just put one hat on you and let watch you go. Thank you very very much, Rusty. Take it easy. We'll see you in December, Rusty. I wasn't a better guest tonight, but my head's a little foggy. Ah, you're great. Y'all have a great night. Take you it easy. too. Bye bye. There you have, it, folks. Rusty Marcus. Uh, the man over at Orlando. It's an impossible job. Yeah, it, it, did, a, wait, did he say that you guys, did, was it that they close down when the tourists come back? Probably. They close, the track closes in the winter? Well, they get ready for yeah. speed weeks because there's a big deal. Yeah, they deal do some speed week stuff, uh, but they close, yeah. Most tracks, how it used to be, CC, uh, your last races would be at the beginning of November. Your racing was done. It's become a trend more and more in recent years to stay open longer and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And the problem is is that there's, it has its benefits. Obviously, you, you can't make money if you're closed. But by having, in some cases, it's having the same drivers racing longer and longer, and it's just too much yeah. they cannot do it and, and we're so screwy down here in florida and with racing anyways that i don't see why that we we don't have normal racing season anyways but i don't see why they're not closed during the summertime or use it for use the time for other things but the guys get overworked but we'll t- we'll ask mike uh, peters uh, coming up about that uh, july so august cc i think would be yeah time to take off we're gonna take a short break folks you listen to inside florida race we'll be right back The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you. Soon. Check it out. UnitedDirtLateModels.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated at Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes of America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Bathroom Stall Dirty Joke Writer. Mr. Bathroom Stall Dirty Joke Writer. 
Armed with your trusty marker, you do the impossible. Make an incredibly dirty place even dirtier. Scribble it down now. Your jokes make us pee our pants. Lucky for us, they're down around our ankles. Yeah! You answer our most vexing questions. Whatever happened to the man from Nantucket? Oh, that's a good one. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh ruler of the rhyme. Because when we're looking for a good time, we call you. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. We're gonna do the St. Peter game. Have some fun, you all. We're gonna do the St. Peter game. Have some fun, you all. Go down on Central Avenue. Drink some alcohol. Who? Okay, uh, we're back with Inside Florida Racing. Uh, we're back. Um, okay. We are uh, trying, folks, to uh, get an answer to this. You know, we, we've we asked for, you know, uh, some input from uh, others out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't really get it. So, uh, I mean, we got some. I won't say we don't get it. We're definitely starting to get some feedback. but Well, we still haven't heard from anyone that could point out a racetrack that is being successful every Saturday night or whatever night that they're racing at $15 yeah. a ticket. Um, Live. It sounds like, sounds like, who is it? Is it? It must be Mike Peters. From Ocala Speedway. I can I can feel the dirt from here. Mike <laughs> Peters, what's Hi, up? Hi, Mike. Nice and dirty. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing well. How are you? How come you guys don't call me what everybody else does now? Dirty Mike. Dirty Mike. Oh, dirty Mike. I'm making a note here so I from, remember. From to- Nasty Mike to Dirty Mike, huh? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Mike, we talked to you a little bit last week. We uh, let you uh, give a little segue into uh, what we were going to get into, and uh, and we uh, you you listened to the interview we just had with Rusty, and you know I'm sure there's some similarities there. But Mike, the, there's four areas in particular that we're looking at. Maybe we're missing the boat completely, but the things we've been looking at are prices, purses, promotion, and then talking to Rusty, we sort of realized, and, and we've been talking about this off the air before we came on tonight. The a lot of places we see there's just not enough passion or as much passion as maybe there should be. And so, and, and so, Mike, can we just start off and we'll just, we, we, we asked Rusty the same thing. Let's put it out there. What are your, um, your normal race night grandstand prices and then what's your special event ticket price for adults? Normal night, $12 for adults, $10 for seniors, $8 for students, children 12 and under are free. Okay. And that's interesting. Now, see, that's... Okay, what's your pit price? Yeah. $25 all the time. $25 all the time. Why why is the cutoff? I wanted to ask Rusty that, and I I didn't get to it, but I noticed 
that uh, a couple of the tracks have uh, 11, uh, you know, 12 and under. Some of them have 11 and under. What? What's the, you know, why would you go one or the other? What would be the thinking there? I don't think there's any clear Scientology behind that. I just think that's a you know, <laughs> roundabout figure that tracks use as a cutoff for children's age, really. You How know? do you know? They could be lying. Well, sometimes you ask them when they were born, and then they kind of look <laughs> at you with a vacant sign on their forehead. <laughs> you know, they used to do, I don't know if you can get anything you, by old Dirty Mike. Yeah, hey, Mike, you remember they used to have the uh, the uh, the the thing that measured yeah. your height up there at Ocala. There you go, under 42 inches, you're in. <laughs> yeah, they used to have that. So, so solution, man. Kids nowadays are six feet and they're 12. Yeah, well, so, they, they don't get in for free then. So, <laughs> so like, you know, the, what we're talking about here is that we, we just don't feel, you know, that maybe the, 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 the drivers and the, the, you know, the people that, own the cars or the crew and the people that are really driving this sport at the back gate, we feel that they don't really understand, um, you know, what kind of crisis that there is. We feel there is one because we look at what's going on and, you know, and and talk to promoters like yourself. What's your take on it and and where do you think the focus ought to be? Well, I, I, I feel as though, this is my own opinion, I feel as though I've been pretty consistent over the last three years in terms of focusing on the grandstand area and doing everything I possibly can to that piece of it to make that a profit center rather than the back gate and try and keep the cost under control as much as possible for the guys that are coming in the back gate in order to help build the sport in terms of the number of drivers that are out there. Um, You know, just to go on the record, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys tonight about the, you know the state of affairs as far as the racing community, the racing world, as far as local short tracks, um, is kind of a concerted effort or, or an overall situation of all the tracks out there. It's not necessarily indicative of just the Ocala Speedway. Um, us going to dirt this season was by far the best decision that we could have made, um, and this is also the best year that we've had. Uh, since we've owned the Speedway. It's opened up a lot more opportunities for us even next year with Speed Week opportunities. I'm just waiting on a callback for a World of Outlaw late model race. Um, so, you know, the things that are in the future for us at Cal Speedway are, are greater than I think if we had just kept doing business as usual. Now, does that mean that next season is going to be as good as this season was for us? I don't know. You know, nobody really knows what direction the economy is going to go in right now. But I think there's some certain things that we can all address not only from a track owner's perspective, but from a driver's perspective and also from a fan's perspective um, so that we can all pull together and, and see that these racetracks stay open and continue to thrive and, and stay as viable businesses. Now, Mike, what kind of uh, promotional um, projects are you doing? What kind of advertising do you use, marketing, to get the word out there to create new fans? Well, my first season, I spent a whole lot of money on radio and realized after my first season, uh, we kind of did the exact same thing that Rusty just said as far as not advertising for like a TBR sprint race and realized the exact same number of fans turned up and attracted the exact same type of business as it did when we spent $3,000 on radio advertising. Um, I mean, I've broken it down into little sections if you guys want to talk about them individually. As far as running the track as a business, um, well, I guess we can start off with the marketing piece of it or the advertising piece of it. 
um, I don't think really pe- people really have a grasp unless they're their own individual business owners that race at the track. The, the amount of cost that are involved with radio advertising, TV advertising, you know, you, you often hear people make the remarks, I don't so much anymore, but I did the second year we were in business. Um, you know, I don't hear anything on the radio anymore. I don't hear this. You're not really doing any advertising on the TV or anything like that. No, because that's the, the costs that are associated with that. You know, for me to do a decent radio spot here in Ocala on a very popular radio station is anywhere from twenty-five hundred to three thousand dollars. For I'm I'm just I just have to ask since I'm in the radio business. Um, are, is that running 30, 30 second spots or sixties? Sixty. Running sixties. You know, how many people do I have to have in the grandstand to cover the cost? Mm-hmm. So, What about doing, like, um, did you ever do sort of like maybe a, a, a smaller ad schedule and then supply the radio station with tickets to give away? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We do, uh, I've done radio spots where the DJ will come out to the track. That's $700 a day. He'll spend five or six hours at the track. He's been giving uh, tickets away all week on the radio station. You know, I, I'm not saying that I don't do any of that anymore, but I'm very selective and I pick and choose mm-hmm. uh, where those dollars go. Well, it should be, I, you know, that I think we were talking about it before, uh, Jack and Rob and I, about how, you know, maybe it's done like once a month, one big race a month that you, mm-hmm. you know, invest in that kind of, of a big advertising campaign. Well, if you look at my schedule for the season overall, I have one special event a month. I focus on... Um, I, I try to make every week something. You know, last week was double points night. This week I've got faster pastor races. Had a really good, uh, a lot of good feedback from the community. A buzz created uh, for church night this Friday night. You know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up as far as drivers' perspective, you know, the drivers out there expect, or I'm not going to say command, but they want to be paid X amount of dollars in purses. And I really think there could be a lot more effort. I'm asking them to do our jobs. I'm not telling them they should do our jobs as racetrack owners or promoters, but I think that there's, there are specific things that they can do to also add to the grandstand numbers um, without a lot of effort. You know, going back to the marketing piece of things, I, I've t- kind of taken notes out of some of the old-school promoters and track owners' books around, the, around the, the nation, not necessarily here in Florida, but across the country. And kind of focused on getting back to the basics, you know, the black and white stock car racing every Friday night, posters all over town, the, you know, the low-dollar stuff that has a stick to your buck. Um, at the beginning of the season, I sat at the driver's meeting, and I told all the drivers, I said, you know, if each one of you drivers one of those posters home with you and hang it up at your business or your favorite sandwich shop or bar or, you know, where you go have breakfast or, or whatever, it has a exponential effect on the coverage of it versus me or somebody working for me trying to go out and hang up these posters all over town. You know, you're talking about a, a two-week project to hang up this number of posters. Um, I think the drivers can encourage their family members. You know, a lot of them already bring every family member they've got out to the track, but, you know, Rusty, Mike, Bobby, doesn't matter who they are, they can attest to the driver that just shows up with himself in the car you know i mean and, and i'm not trying to pin all this on the drivers my whole point guys is that we all need to pull together track owners drivers and the fans keep these businesses open plain and simple um and, and you know and i've got points here that i could, 
could send out to the track owners, the drivers, and the fans. Um, you know, if the drivers went to work and encouraged all their workmates to come out and watch them race this Friday night or bragged a little bit about how they how well they raced on the dirt of Ocala Speedway, it, it, all those little tiny pieces have an exponential effect on the amount of people coming in the grandstands. It's not laid squarely on the shoulders of, you know, two or three guys or a staff at the Speedway. You well, Mike, I, I think that's a great idea about, you know, every week sending the drivers home with posters for them to go and post up in their their favorite places to go, their businesses, their friends' businesses. I think that, wow. that really, that I mean, that, that, that helps. Yeah. It's, it, it's the same way like we talked about drivers taking tickets to pass out also. Now, you will have drivers, and I'm sure Mike's heard this and every owner's heard it at one time or another. You'll have drivers, I've heard it, people tell me this, is it's not my response. I've had race car drivers tell me it's mm-hmm. not my responsibility, that's the track's responsibility. But the other side of that coin is, if, the, if, if this kind of stuff isn't done, then it makes, it makes it much more difficult for the track to operate. And the point is, is that, you know, this is, and we've had this conversation with several owners, it's like, this is a game where the track owners are helping subsidize the drivers' uh, passion for their hobby. And, you know, they pay the insurance, they provide the place for the driver to come. And then, on the other hand, you have drivers, when you make that point, drivers will say that... Uh, uh, they're the show. That they're the show. Well, the point is, a friend of mine, Rick Angie, said... Yeah, well, what were they thinking the first time they pulled that car out onto the track? Were they thinking about they're the show? Were they there to do it because they love it and it's their hobby and mm-hmm. it's their passion? And, you know, I think that's... Rob, well, you're a race car driver. Uh, well, don't you think it I'm, has to be understood, Rob, that times have changed and everybody has to work together I've got for the, the answer. benefit I've got of the one track? of the answers that, you know, of course, okay. every time somebody gets an answer, the questions get all changed around. But What's the answer? Um, if if you're gonna put on a show and the drivers want to say they're the point that that we're the show, okay, then what you do is you take this purse that you're gonna pay and you divide it up between every one of your showmen equally, okay. Sit them down in a drivers meeting, say, okay, there's twelve of you here today. I pay two thousand dollars for this purse. We're splitting it up. We're dividing it by twelve. Everybody's getting the same amount. So it doesn't matter if you finish first or last. No, or getting the same amount. Right. Okay. Now. And at first, you're going to get everybody, you know, some guys are going to be mad, okay? And uh, the other guys are going to be like, wow, cool, I'm going to go home with more money than I've ever gone home with. Okay? 80% of the guys will go home with that's more right. money yeah. than they went home. So if you think about that, okay, that's how, I mean, there's a lot of sports out there that are done that way that people watch and pay big money to go see all the time. Um, and with your... Now, you could structure that deal a little bit by allowing the first three people to make a little bit more money than the other ones. But um, I think when it comes to late model racing today and it comes to modified racing and all these big classes, and I own one of those cars and I spend the big money that it costs to get one there, maybe not as much as some of these guys that are running late models that should be running NASCAR, but they're running late models with us, Um, they're out there trying to get that $3,000 to win, only one person wins that money, and the majority of people go home with $300. What do you say, Mike? 
So I think you're I think you're onto something. There's a couple sprint car series up in the Carolinas that run and operate on the same principle. Um, it hasn't yet to be tried down here. It's something that I've actually mulled over um, and given it some honest thought to. Eight. Know, it, it might be something. During the course of the year, there's only about 20, 25 percent of the guys that win the top money, right, in any given class? You're correct. Yeah. I announced that at the driver's meeting opening night this season. I didn't have any drivers say, that's not my job, I'm not doing that. They at least didn't say it to my face. I actually... You know, it's the first time I ever attempted anything like that, and I actually had a different response. I had I had several people clapping, and I actually had probably 50 or 60 posters disappeared out of the office within, you know, the next few hours. So I think that that was something that worked. What if you did it tomorrow? I don't hear a lot of that. I mean, I, I'm not going to compare asphalt to dirt, but I haven't heard a lot of that this season, and most of the guys at Race Cal Speedway, they want to see the track succeed and do good, and they want to see people in the stands and are willing to do their part to try and make that happen. I just think that sometimes along the road they may need a little encouragement. You know, hey, have you talked to your buddies at work about coming out and watching you race this week? If everybody puts a collective effort together like that, then everybody's going to be successful. You know, the guys that have the effort, that's not my job. That's not, that's, you know, that's the promoter, the owner's job. They're also the ones that kind of have the same attitude that I'm here to I'm here to get paid, not yeah. to be with more money than. And and that's all going to end soon, Mike, because all those guys got to realize is that hey, what if Mike Peters closes his racetrack up? What if he goes ahead and sells it to uh, the cattle market because the cattle market wants to be bigger and they just want to make a parking lot out of it? Okay. Well, some of them don't want to see that happen, and, and the one that I think the ones that and I and I'm and I'm saying this, I, I have not heard that out of any of my drivers this season. None of them have ever made a comment like that to me, but for some, I know there's some out there, and for for ones that would make a comment like that, then I don't think they that they care if the place closed or not, as long as they were going home with more money than they paid to get in right. to perform their hobby that night. They lose sight of the fact that the guy that unlocks the key at the, at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day, he should be more entitled than anybody to go home with a dollar in his pocket because he's the one carrying the risk of the entire operation. Well, bring, bring it down for us. How how what is, you know, what is the things that are making it difficult and make the future, you know, not, you know, whatever words you want to use. I just happen to think it's it's a little scary in terms of, like, a long-term future because of the way things are going now. What are some of the things that make the racetrack operation difficult uh, from the owner's perspective? Well, I mean... Uh it's all the way around. I mean, the economy is affecting everybody the way that it is. It's getting increasingly more difficult for drivers to be able to afford to race. When track owners don't do their part to keep driving the cost of it down as far as them to be able to participate as a sport, then that's adding insult to injury. The cost of the marketing, the cost of getting posters made from the artwork to everything else has gone up, you know, tenfold. Um, I mean, a, a, a case in the last month, a case of hamburgers for me has doubled. A box of french fries for me has doubled, you know. But the minute you tack 75 more cents onto the board for a hamburger or a hot dog, you know, you're a son of a bitch. All right. Well, you just do it 25 cents at a time, and then they don't notice. I mean, listen, Mike, there's nothing wrong with uh, the promoters out there and the, and the, and the, uh, the owners um, making some money um, as long as they're all doing their part. And I think that when I say that, I think that it means that it, I know it's a struggle week after week after week, but it's it's that struggle of making a good show, okay, scheduling a good show, 
and um, doing the proper advertising on the days that it needs to be to put those people in the grandstands because here's where I'm a driver and I get aggravated sometimes when I sit back and see some of the things that have gone on at the racetracks is that I don't think that at some of the racetracks that the owners are doing what they're supposed to be doing completely because they're not putting the right people in the position where they need to be to make these things happen. And as far as putting people in the grandstands, okay, if I'm a race car driver, I drive a late model, okay, and I'm in your town, and we're fixing the race at your racetrack. If I don't hear any radio advertising, okay, period, and I don't work for any radio stations, Mike. I don't have any any uh, reason to push a radio station because I don't work for a radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, 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 you're, if you don't advertise on that popular country radio station and you own a race car track and you're going to have a late model race or you're going to have a big sprint car race, trust me, I don't care what Rusty said earlier, okay, there's going to be more people there when you advertise. And you were talking about, well, how many people has to come to make up for that? If every person that comes is worth $10 in the grandstands, I mean, in, in the uh, just in concession, and that's uh, today it's more than that probably because the price has gone up, it doesn't take that many that much to pay that advertising now the three thousand that you were talking about spending for advertising that's a little excessive okay you don't need to have remotes you don't have to have a remote there where you've got the live and, and DJ you really there. D- you don't need 60s to, to to do a good effective that's right 15 commercial. seconds 30s, of 30s. even 15 seconds of coming on there and somebody talking about ocala speedway and it's exciting and there's a race car in the background they that's hear that a few times and it's true what i said I didn't say that radio advertising was ineffective or that I didn't do any of it. No, no, I heard I say you. that. I mean, for us to for us to do that on a basis is not cost effective. I do that for all our big shows. I do yeah. that for our spring mm-hmm. car races. I do that for our United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series races. I do do that, and I do feel as though there's a certain amount of value and also a certain effect that goes along with those radio spots. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's absolutely right. You got to you have to pick your spots with with any of the higher dollar. Well, you know, if you want to talk about who's coming to put on a show, let's talk about who's coming to put on a show. The promoters at the racetrack trying to do his best to make sure that the people that come in the front gate are putting on a good show. Then he announces we're going to invert X amount of cars or we're not going to do qualifying because the fans don't come to see qualifying. They're going to race their way into the race. And you literally have drivers that don't show up. Yep. What happened with heat races? No, wait. I thought he was done. I didn't no. Last time, when was the last time you saw... An off-the-hook race where cars were coming from the back, working their way through the field, working their way to the front, through the door, cars taking the lead and winning the race. When was the last time you guys saw a race like that at a racetrack? Because that's what that's what brings the passion. I know, I know you had one up there earlier this year, and I can't remember that guy's name, but he races in everything there is. Um, he's a friend of Patrick Williams. They, he ran that hobby stock race, last to yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I have had that at Ocala Speedway more this year than I have in the past. Also, when I raced there, and also when I just went there to watch races, but it's because I try to focus on that piece of the show, you know? I mean, but that's my point, guys. You know, the, the Powell Memorial is a good example. We probably had four or five late model drivers that did not show up because there was no qualifying, and I'm not going to change that. Right. The way it is. Race your way into the race. Let's put on a show for these fans that came to see racing. My car's going around trying to turn the best time on a stopwatch. Qua- spending qualifying time, even on a, 
whether it's asphalt or dirt, spending qualifying time in front of the fans. And dirt, dirt's a little different because, you, you, I mean, it's a different situation than asphalt. But that is not a, for local short track racing. I can't find any fans that really like dig that. That's just a waste of their time. No matter of fact, I had, when I was up at East Bay and that was going on, I had people in the grandstands ask me why. It's a good time to sell concessions. Yeah, why is that going on now? You know, is this the real race? And I had to explain, no, it's not the real race. So, so what are some of the other issues, Mike, or, or, or you know, what, what, are, what are some of the other things that, you know, you see as, a, as an owner that, you, you know, just drive you bonkers on this whole deal? Well, I think that's probably, you know, one of the biggest pieces of it for me is when I'm really focusing hard on trying to make sure that we provide good track to race at, fair track to race at, a consistent track to race at, and put on a show to get these people to want to come out week in and week out and watch what these guys are doing, you know, and then you got people that want to buck the system, not all of them, and you don't hear from that many of them, and you know, like I said, this year's been the best year that we've had in terms of uh, the Speedway as a business, but in terms of um, being passionate about it again and having fun at it and just really having a good time with it. Sure. Um, I just think there's certain things that we can all do. You know, talking about the fan perspective of it a little bit, you know, encouraging some of your neighbors, some of your people you go to church with. You know, I've got a faster pastor Friday night, church night. No alcohol sold. We're not going to sell any beer. Um created quite a bit of buzz about it in the community. We've got some real heavy hitters in terms of congregations out there that have been announcing our church night and faster pastor races to their congregation on Sundays. I mean, this last Sunday it was presented to 3,000 people, all right, about our about our event Friday night. Well, at the driver's meeting it was announced. Guys, we need guys to volunteer. I've got nine pastors signed up for this race. We need guys to volunteer their cars so these guys can, can go out and do their aid or Ten laps, you know, for this for fun race, and everybody gets a free pit pass if their car is used that night for the faster pastor race. I've got nobody signed up to use their car, and you know, it, it's stuff like that that's frustrating because I'm out here trying to build the grandstand and continue to, to make this a viable business and a thriving business. And you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of give back. Well, you know, you 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 you're talking to me because. Um, on uh, Karnak.com, the front page, we have this huge ad. And I, I apologize that you didn't get a glow around your picture uh, like Mike and uh, Rusty <laughs> did. But uh, I, I overlooked that. But we have this huge ad there. And uh, we have this on the front page of Florida Stock Car Racing, the front page of Real Racing USA, the message board, everywhere. It's all over the place. Georgia Stock Car Racing, it's all over the place. We've had thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, I don't even know how many. A ton of hits on that. There's been over 3,000 reads of the article that you click on to read about this show tonight and asking people to either call or email us. And guess what? Not one single driver sent us a question to ask you guys. And, you know, it just you, you just wonder if these guys are sitting back and... Uh, are in such apathy. I don't understand it. Is it apathy? Is it whatever? It's the same thing that you're just now talking about. Somebody coming out and just like saying, here, take my car. You know, what the hell? <laughs> I, right? I mean, I, I don't understand it either. I, it boggles my mind. And yet, you know, 
God forbid somebody gets DQ'd for the you know something they don't think they should have got DQ'd for, and you know the emails fly. And these guys don't realize one of these pastors might bless their car and it might win every week after that. <laughs> now, Mike, I, I I feel your pain there. I I know what you're saying, you know, and it's uh, but because we fight that same thing, just like what. what, what let's not get that construed either. This isn't necessarily my pain. This is a this is a conversation regarding not particularly Ocala Speedway, but no, it's racing the, in the general. The direction of this entire sport and all the tracks, particularly in the state of Florida. What we were, it ought to be looked at and addressed. What I was saying was that, just like Jack was saying, we, we put it out there. We're trying to get other input out there, and uh, we can't. I was amazed that we didn't have some people from Ocala with some uh, questions, you know, uh, for you, you know. Uh, and, and, and we don't get it. So it doesn't surprise me when you're asking these same people out there for a vehicle that you're not getting it, okay, because... Um, it's, there's a lot of complacency in your racers out there that I know that you're listening. Okay, it's not it's not the owners of the racetracks fault. In in a lot of cases, there are a few cases where there's well, he he hit the point though. That it's really not about you know like Mike's pain, and that's what this whole deal is about. I mean, that's why we're going to talk to the owners, and I'm sure we'll come back and and have more more discussion about it. But it's it's a statewide, and that's what we're dealing with. It's probably nationwide, but we're dealing with Florida and. There are issues here that if they're not dealt with, um, things are not going to, to reverse. Is, it, don't well, you see that? It, it's not just that. It's the tracks aren't going to be able to keep paying their purses that they're paying. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, we are in probably one of the most crowded or most competitive entertainment marketplaces in this country right now than we've ever seen in our business. You know, on Friday night, I compete with any... 300 different things that are going on, even right here in Ocala. You know, the, the Internet has opened up a new world to people, you know, watching movies on your TV at the house. You know, you don't even have to go to the Blockbuster anymore. You can sit, at your, sit on your couch and do it. I don't compete with NASCAR on Friday nights, but... Rusty you know. does it in his underwear. And well, you do. Beer. You can... You can <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. Or, or, we don't mean to pick Michael, on you, Rusty. Michael, I tell you what... Uh, we're going to have to run because we, we do have to talk to, to Mike Hope tonight. Sounds good. And uh, I really, really appreciate your uh, your candor yeah, tonight. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, Mike, bye. take it easy. Bye, bye, guys. All right. Uh, Mike Peters, uh, Ocala Speedway. Um, Sometime soon, guys. We need, we need to make a Friday night road trip up there. And a regular go, night. And, and go. On a regular night. You know, and it's... Well, I'll tell you one thing. One, one thing that you cannot fault Mike Peters for is he definitely is diligent about trying to figure it all out, and he keeps yeah. you know a, you know what I'm talking. Oh, he he's wonderful. He's a, a wonderful racetrack up there. I was very impressed when we were all up there. I wonder. And how, I love those Zuber dogs. I wonder how his second year is going to line up, and I'm sure he's probably thinking about that too. Is uh, you know, the first year at the beginning of the season, because of the dirt change, you know, there was a lot of hype and a lot mm-hmm. of fired upness. And I just would like to see because I haven't been there since that night. You hear me? I haven't been yeah. there since that night when they ran that big late model race there at the very beginning. So there was a lot of hype and a lot of people there. And it'd be interesting to see where that's at today because um, I, I, I think that it's going to be pretty much statewide, the, the, the low count of people. And I... I want to make sure that, you know, not only uh, 
Mike understands there, but the other folks too, is that we're not, this is not some push to try to do radio advertising. I, I think that uh, as a driver, like I was saying, if I see that there's not a grandstands full of people and, and I hear that, you know, the, the owner of the racetracks complaining about there not being people there and there wasn't advertising that went on, that's what I was speaking of. I think that's uh, very important. But well, and I think you're right because when I've been in the pits, I, I've had drivers comment to me about, oh, we heard the ads on the radio, you know, and they, you're right. You're right. You know, the drivers, when they're in town locally, they're listening. They want to hear it being promoted. Okay, hey, folks, we've I'm been right. promoting this show all week. And you have to give the introduction to our next guest now. You got yeah, to do, do it. It's all you. It's all you, Rob. Professional um, now. You do know, it. we've had uh, a lot of uh, people asking questions. You know, we, like we said, we weren't getting too much input about some things, but other things we were. And one was Bronson Speedway coming up for sale. And you know, uh, I've never had Mike Cope on the show with us before, and so uh, I'd like to introduce everybody to uh, what I'd consider a hell of a race car driver, and he's been a hell of a racetrack owner during this uh, time. Uh, Mike Cope, how you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great. Uh, you're on the air here with uh, Rob Elting, uh, Bonehead, they call me. I've met you many times, you know, racing with your brother and you in uh, the early years. And C.C. Brooks here is with us, along with Jack Smith. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And Mike, um, did you know you're featured in uh, Wikipedia? No, I'm I don't mess around none of that stuff. I don't, I you might you might want to check to make sure that all the stats they have yeah, they there got are all correct. The, they got all the stuff in there about your uh, Craftsman Trucks deal, uh, Bush Series, and uh, All Pro. Somebody's uh, keeping stats for you, yeah, Mike. Somebody was looking out for you there. All the All Pro stuff, some of the truck stuff I'll, I'll remember, but uh, some of the Bush stuff I remember most of it I want to forget, so I'm better off uh, not paying attention to it, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? What's funny today, Jack, I was packing up, you know, because I've been moving, Mike, from... Uh, Port Charlotte down here, moving back to Tampa, and uh, I've got this big NASCAR collection of uh, Dale Earnhardt cars, and, but I do have one truck, okay? Right. I've got the Mike Cope truck. Do you really? Yes, I All do. Right. So this Mike Cope truck. Mike, tonight earlier, we talked with uh, Rusty Marcus from Orlando, and we spent some time with uh, uh, Mike Peters from Ocala, and talking about some of the issues that, you know seriously are facing uh, the sport here in florida um, you recently closed your track put it up for sale tell us about like your you know what you see as some of the the real key issues that we we need to deal with in, in florida racing i don't know if there's if there's any just one real key issue and it's not just florida it's everywhere i mean we travel the country and and, and go to a lot of places and your your big shows always seem to draw decent crowds and, and then i've been to some what i'd consider big shows that we would uh we compete in and, and you know the, the crowds aren't there and, and uh there's some good friends of mine in, in this business that uh they're losing their shirt right now um i just i still think that we have to get out of this you know this uh the, the box that we're thinking inside of and this is 1982 this you know 2008 and we we need to move it forward thinking i never thought in a million years I'd see ultimate fighting on TV that was something that was futuristic when I was a kid and now you're seeing it so there's a lot of things that um, you know that have changed and, and uh, you know racing kind of stayed in the same mold that, it, that it's been in since I was a kid I, I started going to races um, when I was at the, the the week after I was born my, my mother was a scorer at Sunshine Speedway so we you know um, I started going right then and, 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 and kept going right along and my first recollection is about years old five years old probably 
things are the same. We have to change that. What are some of those? What are some of those? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is because I'm. I'm I've, I have been on the racing side of it for so long. Mm-hmm. That's the side that my passion's on, and that's the side my love's on. Got me here. I drove by this racetrack for oh gosh, I don't know. Um, I started traveling in '89 with NASCAR and the All American Challenge Series, so I drive. Or a shortcut was by this racetrack, and I would tell my wife or anybody in the truck listening to me, one of these days I'm going to own that place, and I have no clue as to why I wanted to own it, but I did. And um, after owning it, it just it, it taught me a lot of things about about the, the racer in general and whatnot. And, and again, a lot of them are stuck back in the 80s, and they, they need to move forward. Um, they need to understand that the money just doesn't fall out of the sky that they get paid with. And, um, and we've, we've done big advertising campaigns and i've listened to you guys talk about you know radio and tv and it goes on and on and on and and again the only thing that draws a crowd to a place like this is a crash-a-rama type event and then whenever they see it once it's like it's like a movie they don't come back to it in other words if you go see a movie one time you've seen it and they don't come back to it the first time we had it here it was huge the second time it was less the third time less than that and it went on and on i don't know what the answer is if i had the answer I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> right. But it's not, it's not because of the, the the track. This track will make money. It still made money, just not the kind of money that I wanted it to make. And um, it's a paycheck racetrack. It will, it will make someone a, a very good paycheck. But I have a, a young son that's um, a very good, accomplished race car driver that I'm going to, you know, put all my time and effort into him. Of course, Travis, Travis Cole. So, uh, Mike, what, what, what's going to happen with your racetrack? Oh, there's a couple different guys looking at it. Um, a, a good friend of mine, Dennis Tooth, with uh, the uh, ASA member track program, has got a guy that um, that is real interested, and I've got a local um, person that is showing some interest. Um, it's going to continue to operate as a racetrack. I'm, you know, I own the property. It's my wife and myself and Travis's and, and my daughter Megan. We have it's a family uh, a piece of property. Um, it's owned by us, and, and we are going to our race shops on that property. We will move the race shop closer to home, but um, I've got it up, you know, for for sale or lease, and I'm heavy on the lease. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to just go in here and bulldoze this place. Uh, that's not the, that's not the plan. Um, this type of business takes a 100 to, you know, and it's it's mathematically impossible to give 110 percent, but it takes that to to make it happen, and I don't have that. I, I give it 50% of my time. My wife gives it 100%. Tommy Dunford has managed the place since its inception. You know, has given it 100%. But um, I didn't give it all all my time, and and, uh, and I won't. I refuse to. I give my 100% to my racing operation, and so uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Are you a Levy County resident? No, I'm not. I'm, I, I I reside in uh, on the beautiful Wikiwachi River in uh, Hershey right. County. Well, you did a lot of work to that place, that's for sure. Yeah, and I pay the taxes for that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we could always uh, throw a few cows on it for a couple of years. And, uh, I don't know if that works because it, it's industrial zone. For <laughs> no. I, was, I was only kidding. Uh, uh, Mike, you know, I think it's going to be important for um, somebody to come in there and, and take over that lease or... Um, you know, or by you know, being that it's in Levy County, it's not in the kind of place where a huge development's going on right now. You know, but for me personally, the, plant, the nuclear plant's going in. Yeah, no, I want to remind people of that. I heard because uh, I, me personally, I, I will be a, a, a Levy County resident by the time my son's five and he's one now. 
So I, I plan to be there, and I plan to uh, if I if, he, if I'm there, I'm in. If I'm living there, I'm going to need a place and to I'm, race. And I've been trying to figure out how to move there for eight years. Yeah, well, long-term lease options available, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I just I think it's really important, and there's a you know that there's some really die-hard racers around that racetrack. There, there definitely is, and there, there's a great group of race fans here. As yeah. I said, we, this is a paycheck racetrack. You can operate the racetrack and, and pay a lease and make a paycheck week in, week out. Whenever we, you know, there, there's, there's tracks that I've been to that with big shows that have had less people in the stands than this place will on a Saturday night, there's great, a great group of people here. The, the racers right now, they're, they're, you know, they're having a hard time just getting here um, from a monetary standpoint. This isn't the... Um, uh, the epicenter for uh, well anything uh, yeah for anything we're only 15 miles from 45,000 enrolled college students but they're all transient so we don't get them like we should <laughs> well and, Le- and, and Levy County's huge it's uh, I believe it's the eighth largest uh, geographical area yeah but there's not full people it's huge well there's like about 40,000 45,000 people in the whole county isn't that right there's quite a few, and, and, and it's just it's Spread hard out. to get them all yeah. out here. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this, guys. When, when, you know, uh, before a lot of things went on, um, and I don't know, I'm not going to blame it on one anything. But when we when we first opened the place, it was not unusual for to have 700 people come to the front right. on a given Saturday night, and we had good racing, just like we had the last night we ran here. Some things happened with Ike that we our management had to do some some stuff that we were, you know had pre commitments with Grubbs Emergency Services. To go to Texas, or we'd have ran our last three shows and been done with it. But um, the, they, these fans in this area are fantastic, and they'll and they'll come out. And, and we, you know, we we got the ticket prices moved back. The price point was where it needed to be. Eleven and under were free, and I don't care if you were a six foot seven, eleven under. <laughs> I know, I matter. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I listen to a lot of that rhetoric, and, and hey, it's it, your conscience, as my daughter once told them, whenever she worked the front gate. Go ahead, hear you, get in free, and go on. So we did all we could do, and, and um, I love the area, love the racetrack, and uh, I want to, you know, I wanted to continue to operate. But um, there's just a lot of things that are far beyond any one of us to, to fix overnight. So let's say the worst thing that happens is that you don't sell it, is that you you can't sell it and you don't lease it. Are you just going to sit there and hold on to it? Yeah, it's not, it's not eating anything but taxes, which are terrible. But that's okay. I'm not going to. I'm not going to bellyache about that, but no, it's, it, this place doesn't eat. Um, my building that we house a race team here out of, and Jay Middleton's race team, we operate his deal of, of which won a championship in the Southeast Asphalt Tour this year. Um, we we you know we house it right here on the property. My general manager who works for Gary <coughs> Gary Grubbs, um, he work he lives here on the property, and I have another home on the property also. So no, no, I I, I really want to lease it, but no, it'll it'll set here. I will I will not as Mike and Jane Cope. Travis and Megan, we will not open this place ourselves again, but someone needs to. Now, Mike, can you just go over for us um, what your uh, regular grandstand price was for a regular night, what your special event ticket price was, and what your um, pit prices were? My, my pit price on, on any given Saturday night was $25 to get in, and that's where it stayed. When we had the... Uh, uh, the, the bigger shows on the, the the grandstand side would go to a, a tops of twenty, always eleven and under free. So it was a twenty dollar ticket for anybody twelve and above, or ten dollars. That was the two fluctuations. We had 
three big events this year, the ASA Southeast Asphalt Tour, the ASA South Tour, and a, a, I don't know what the heck else we had. But anyway, there was only three times this year that we that we raised the front ticket uh, price, and um, that didn't seem to be a problem with the fans. Um, the, the, you know, the fan count went, you know, went up and down, as, as you would expect for the type of show that we had. Mm-hmm. So a normal event was then how much? $10. $10. But and and eleven under were free. Sure. And our and our and our uh, our concessions, the the food, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tommy's sister in law did that for years, and it was fantastic food. And, and and we had people that would come just for the ribs that we had and different things of that nature. We had we did everything from live bands in the front straightaway. My wife and Tommy worked their asses off to make this thing work, and and uh, we we did. Guys, I have raced literally. Um, professionally since 89. I've been going to the racetrack since the 60s. I've seen everything from, from Bob Harmon's deal to, to Bill Desmond with, with the old All-American Challenge Series. I've seen it, you know, and I've tried it all. And um, I still believe we're, we're, we need to start forward thinking. What worked then, worked then. That's a great thing. But we are not then, we're now. And, and we have to start thinking in a, different, in a different tone. So what would work now, Mike? If I knew, I'd, I'd, well, I wouldn't. We wouldn't be talking. Uh, no. Well, okay. you got to have some idea. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I know you say that that if you knew that we would be having it, but you already said that you didn't want put 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 but fifty percent into it. So, right. is, is that all it would take? That if Mike decided he wanted to put a hundred percent into it? Okay. That what I would do is uh, if this is this is my this is my Mike's perfect world. Real quick, like asphalt racing. Mike Peters, I I commend him for having the balls to put dirt in that racetrack. The racetrack wasn't conducive to asphalt racing anyway. It was a great racetrack, and they did a great job with it, um, better than than what anyone's done with it. In my personal opinion, since the pals had it, James is a right. friend of mine. Um, they they've done a fantastic job. I'd have never did that. We talked about it here. A, a gentleman that he um, works with, you know, has done some stuff with. Um, came over here about buying this place and making it dirt, and I cringed because. I'm an asphalt racer through and through, and that's why I'll be broke the rest of my life. But anyway, to make a long story short, insurance costs are through the roof. We have to lower insurance costs. Property taxes on everybody that owns their property throughout Florida. Um, with this property boom, we've we've seen a quadruple. My my property taxes have quadrupled here, quadrupled. So you know, it's it's not not pretty in that um, respect. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, we have it takes 100% devotion to do the job here. We know that. To, I, I gave 50, and so you know we're we're good there. Everyone that comes to the gate, you got to treat them like they got a cup car. I mean, I'm talking about a Nextel Cup, a Sprint Cup. They change the name so often, we don't know what the heck it is. But you have to treat these guys well. Late models, supers, limited crates—that's all bullshit, as far as I'm concerned. Make them all one. We're doing that with the Southeast Asphalt Tour. We've got one set of rules. The cars all run under. We get our asses kicked weekly by crate engines with a super late model engine that everybody says is cheated up from Progressive. It's all—it's all a bunch of bull. Um, these cars will compete together. The modifieds need to go on 8-inch tires hard, harder than um, the back of Batman's head, which would be a good thing. With a spec stored engine, the Gulf Coast you know, deal was really, really close to making that happen, yeah. and then it just it didn't. For whatever reason, we had 42 of those cars here for an event. Um, Gary Robertson was a great guy. It was awesome. And I had some philosophical differences with, you know, with the way to do things. I was involved in that from the inception, and, and it still would, it would work today. That model is great. Sportsman cars. The rules we had at, at Bronson Motor Speedway were, were in, in uh, they were in, in effect in 1993-94 at Sunshine Speedway. The same rules are in effect here today. But problem is, 
hard to find front clips to a 70 to 79 Camaro, so right. let them go to a fab clip. It goes on and on and on. I build these cars. Mini stocks, if you want a late model, you know, if you want a late model, build one. If you want a modified, build one. Mini stocks are out of hand, you know, stop. Put the stock back in mini and we'll have a good class. Now, the in-between cars, I don't know what to do with because the problem is the same thing. We, we're built out of, of, of the, you know, the 70s, of the metric Monte Carlos. We're built out of the Camaros. We're built out of all that stuff. So a mid-sized front-wheel drive something, and that's where you leave it up to the, you know, to the, the, the racer because you, you write your rules and you spend six months on them, and he'll come in, and in two seconds he's like, holy crap, there's a mistake. <laughs> you know, but you leave it up to them to try and figure out where your, where your mid-class is at. That's what I would fix. Now, how do you put people in the stands? I don't know. Fighting on the front straightaway? I, 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 maybe that's it. Well, a little bit of UFC, it, UFC with racing, maybe. It, that's funny you, you said that, Mike, because uh, you know I'm always going back to this thing up there at Bowman Gray, which I know is a unique situation, being the oldest NASCAR sanctioned track, little quarter mile, and all that. But you know, uh, Gray Garrison, that's what he said. Hey, know, what, Mike, the, 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 the WWF mentality is what keeps that place packed with 10,000 people every It will work. Now, get the high school, get the county to come purchase this property, let me operate a racetrack out of it with no liability. Hey, I'm all for it. Let's make it happen. Sure. We're in the age of litigation. So you, think, you, you can't let these people fight. I've got little babies in the pits. and Imagine a 200-pound guy getting in a fight with a 200-pound guy, falling on a woman with a baby in her arms. Then all of a sudden the baby you know, is hurt. My gosh, I, I couldn't sleep the rest of my life. Yeah, you know, I, absolutely. It, it, yeah, so that's that's where we're at, guys, and that, that's that, there's the the problem that that we have. One of the problems that we have. There's a, there's tons of them, but um, hey, Mike, let me ask you something. Do you think that um that the folks uh, in the grandstands today maybe can't relate to the cars like they used to because the cars aren't like what they're driving anymore? I came up here when I was going to buy the place. My wife and I did. We drove up, um, got in. Um, got a got a beer with the grandstands. Every classic car that came out um, was the same. Cars right. something different. They all looked the same. I changed all that. Didn't seem to matter. Um, I don't know about relating to the cars. I, I I know that maybe they need those little you know cannons on the exhaust and make them hurt your ears. <laughs> I, I, maybe that's what they need. I don't know. But now I don't I don't know um, Rob if it, or Jack I don't know who answered, asked that question. That was Rob. I, I don't know if that's the if that's the problem or not. They want to see action. They want to see excitement. They want to see tension. They want to see some sparks. They want to. It's not cookie cutter racing. NASCAR you know, has created this cookie cutter mentality. And and you know I don't want to hear another word about clean air and all that bullshit. It's time to go race. And, and if you you know if you, if you get into a guy and you knock him up by the way it's short track racing this we, is what it is eight goes turn better than four before the show we were joking here because uh, we're gonna we have to cut a commercial tonight after the show's done before we leave we have to cut a commercial for somebody and I was joking with Cece about violent wrecks you know I mean yep. uh, you know that's the kind of thing if you if you it, I know that radio ads if you make them too. Uh, NASCAR sounding cookie cutter nonsense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't relate to anything. No, exactly. These people don't relate to it, and they're not. You know, um, they they, they want to see action. They want to see something. They want to see the guy get out. Well, we all know how many times have you been to a local track and it's follow the leader, follow the leader, follow the leader, yep. and 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 that gets boring. We the fans like to see people starting in the rear and fighting their way up through the traffic. You know. See, I, like Mike uh, at Bronson, for instance, Mike, um, 
like in the I'm usually there for late model race. I've been there for other times, of course, but I usually go when you got a big late model uh, race and 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 it gets to be the root 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 them out kind of deal, you know. Well, I like that. It's like watching a one to nothing ball game, a pitcher's game in baseball. You know, it's kind of cool. But most of the fans, I don't think they, I don't think they like that. No, I don't. I don't know if if they if they do or they don't. I I as a competitor don't mind it as long as the person in the tower who can't watch every car in the racetrack. I, I want to emphasize that don't you know that they're they're fair in their thinking. Um, I don't have a problem with, with you know, um, knocking them out of the way and going. That's the way I, I, I grew up. My sure. brother and I became pretty damn decent race car drivers because we had to start from 15th to 24th every night on a quarter-mile racetrack, you know, on a, on a, a handicap situation like we did here this year and drive to the front. And um, that's how you learn to become a race car driver. You don't learn by starting with full qualifying and doing all that BS. You learn by racing your way in. So, you know? so now if you're... You came into this, as we said at the beginning, and people who know you know this, you came into this, you've never owned a racetrack, you came in as a race car driver as your background in this game. What kind of advice or points would be the most important thing that you would say to somebody who was a driver who was coming in to take over your racetrack or any other racetrack? They were going to buy it, lease it, whatever. What are the most important things you think that you have learned, or, or that you would recommend to a driver? The the business person side of me, who who's very strong, says, you "Listen, you know, I, I can I can give you a book on on my mistakes, and I can give you all the ideas you want, and I'll only be a phone call away." Um, because there's there's a lot of things that I have learned about this. Now, the racer side of me tells that same person. Run far, run fast. Don't do it. You're crazy. <laughs> so uh, the business person that says you know, is is the proper guy to listen to. And, and uh, no, man, it just you, uh, give a hundred percent. If you're going to race, race. If you're going to own a racetrack and you're going to promote a racetrack or you're going to lease a racetrack, you, then you do that. You have, you got to do it a hundred percent. You can't do ninety nine, ninety eight. Do not race at your own racetrack. Of which that you know, Travis. The only time you raced it was on a sanctioned event, whether it be. Um, you know, with fast car or ASA, um, you can't race in a racetrack. You can't have a dog in a fight, so to speak. Absolutely. And um, and you have to have a a buffer between you and the and the drivers. But yet you still have to get to know these guys. Now me, I've got a big bubble I live in, and, and I don't let many people inside of it. My problem. Tommy doesn't live in a bubble, and he's done a fantastic job. <laughs> the problem is, I'm not. Tommy's not me, and and so. People, you know, they, they thought I was trying to, be, you know, to isolate them, or what, I don't know what that was, but I think that I I, I put a wall between us, and it, it truly wasn't there. That's just the way I am, Jack. You've got to know me now over the years, and and, and um, I'll talk to you now, but I'm I'm just weird like that. I don't know. It's, it's my problem. Well, it only took about what four or five years. I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike, it's Rob. Um, what? Please, what? T- tell me. Uh, what role you think NASCAR has in uh, the small racetracks and their demise? They, they have a they have a large hand in it, and and, um, and I you know uh, I I don't <laughs> I, I won't mince any words in, in saying that that Brian France doesn't give a dang about um, a local short track racing and their their ads on TV or, or, or that there's something that is just a uh, 
okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up these short track operators across the country. I'll probably get a phone call if they ever hear this because, I, I mean, I, I do know a few of those guys still pretty well. But they, um, you know, the Saturday night racing made it, made it easier for them to run their rain dates and, 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 you know, make things happen. It made it easier for them to, uh, to televise stuff. It just it made it, you know, conducive to them. They didn't give a darn about short track racing. That's not in the forefront for them. But what they got to remember is, where's their next driver coming from? Because this whole Daddy Deep Pockets putting the, the kid in, in, in the car, and, and there's, a, there's a couple of them that are in there right now that wreck every week, uh, are making some crappy shows for Cup, for, for, for the Nationwide Series as we know it, and the trucks. There's a whole bunch of guys that don't belong. It isn't like that, you know, the Butch Millers, the Rusty Wallace, the Mark Martins, the, 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 David Strimmey, for, for goodness sake, he earned his way in. Reed Sorensen earned his way in. There's some guys that still earned their way in. Uh, David Rudiman earned his way in. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of them that bought their way in. Yep. And, um, and it's, it's just, it's not worth that. You have to, you know, David Rudiman come up to the, the uh, all-pro ranks and he, he paid his dues and, and, and God bless him, he's, he's done a fantastic job and he's, um, he's earned, you know, everything that he's got. There's a whole bunch of guys that haven't earned a damn thing. Well, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I, I can't believe Tell me, tell the folks, how much does NASCAR want from you as the track owner to make your track a NASCAR-approved racetrack? Oh, they, they cherry-pick. They don't, they don't want Bronson, but I'll guarantee you that Dennis is what ASA wants it. Right. And, you know, he wants everyone that he can get, and he cares, and he has a really good insurance package. That you know has a five hundred thousand dollar major medical policy. There's some great things. Guys at East Bay, you know, they signed up for it because they saw some value in it. Well, you were the first one, and this is, we're talking about, of course, the ASA sanctioned racetracks. You were the first one in Florida. Yes, I was. Yeah, we yeah. were the we were the first one to get uh, Varney's group in and, and do an ASA race, and right. they, they got a you know a bit of a, of a deal going on. But I don't. Um, I'm friends with both those guys, and I'm going to keep it that way, and, and I don't I don't get involved in it. I'm, I just want to see racing survive and and and, uh, and short track racing. Hey, Mike, how much of the twenty five dollars of a pit pass goes to paying insurance? It's uh, my my insurance, and in, uh, it's in excess of uh, twelve hundred dollars a night, and so. So it depends on the amount of fans that are there. On the amount of no, no, it's 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 straight up. In other words, it's twelve hundred bucks. It doesn't matter if I open the gate thirty times a year. Do the math. It's right, but the co- I meant the cost would matter. Um, no, it's the same whether there's ten fans or ten thousand fans. It's still twelve hundred, or or competitors alike. Uh, well, right, but of that twenty five dollars, you know, it would depend on how many fans you had as to how much actually of the twenty five dollars went to it. I understand what you're saying. Right. What What about purses, Mike? I mean, as I mean, you're looking at it, of course, from both ends. You you can see it from both ends as a driver, having been a driver, your son a driver. Like Mike has, Mike Peters has said several times, and, and so has John Sapricone, other people, talked about doing something different with the purses, not paying the kind of purses we're paying. What What's your thoughts on all that? Um, you have to, you know, you have to pay a purse, but it's not all about the money. We've, we've had a, a big modified race that, that paid, you know, two grand to win, had ten cars. Next week, it paid our normal five or six hundred to win, and had twenty cars. Don't make any sense. I don't. I personally don't race for the money. It's just a byproduct of what you get. Um, one of the things that I ran, I shot across John Saperton's bow, who's um, basically the only guy um, that that had enough balls to say, hey, uh, yeah, well, that might be, be a bad idea. I had a deal where I was going to put up. If we're out of time, y'all tell me. But I was going to put this this neon light up over our, our 
pit area down there in the back over the, where you get paid at. And as you came in, we were going to just deduct, the only thing we were going to deduct was the amount of insurance we paid for that night. The rest of the money would go to the racers. So if 200 people came in the stands, let's just say, at $25 a hit, that would be $5,000 came in. So four classes of cars are going to run for a $4,000 purse. I could bore you with it going on, but if we had 700 people, four classes of cars will run for $17,500, okay? And and I'm, I'm going to give you every bit of the pit money that you 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 paid in. I'm going to give it all back to you. And people were like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy that nobody will do that. No, you're right. Nobody will do it. But but I, I have motocross raced with Travis for years, and we did it all for free. We had three motorcycles in a trailer and did all the stuff and entry fees and class fees and whatnot and spent five 600 bucks to get there, and we braced for nothing. This way here, I'm going to give you everything back. That was one of my little ideas that John was the only guy that, that said, you know what, I'll try that if you try it. I didn't have enough balls to do it. Hmm. What, did you listen to the show earlier, Mike? Talking about right there. A $17,000 purse is damn near what you pay for an ASA race. Sure. Four classes of cars. Well, I was going to do that. I was going to divide it 40, 30, 20, and 10, okay? Yeah. And, and so 40 being your late model's got 40% of that. And 30% was your next class, 20% was your next class, and 10% was your next class. I don't care if you had 10 cars or you had 24 cars. You got that amount, and then we, we would structure a purse out. And it wasn't going to be a Dolly Parton purse, meaning big on top, small on the bottom. Right. It was going to be a purse that was structured to pay out you know, from the top to the bottom. But, again, I don't have 100% of my time to spend on this. I could, I think I could make something work in that deal. So if anybody else is listening or if they play this or do sure. whatever, pay attention. This might work. But I didn't have enough balls to do it. Um, boy, oh, time. I don't know which what, one. What, what do you think about the... When we were talking with Mike uh, Peters, Rob brought up with him, uh, uh, you know, the concept of, of uh, you know, the drivers getting paid uh, the same in each class. Go ahead, explain that. Like, like in late models, Mike, you know, they uh, say it's a fifteen thousand dollar purse or a twenty thousand dollar purse for a twenty car field that, you know, that these guys pay out. And I think it gets to become ridiculous when they're trying to make it up by charging, you know, twenty five dollars in the grandstands, you know, to the people that are coming. Whereas I think, because I've been a late model racer for years, and I've never been the guy that was winning all the time, there's only a couple guys that even come to the race that have a possibility, a chance of winning. I thought about taking, if you had a late model class of 20 people. Or many stocks, paid, it doesn't matter. Well, I say late models because that's what I race, and that's what I'm used to thinking about. If you paid everybody in that race 600 bucks that showed up, if you advertised your late model drivers, hey, we have a 20-car field. I'm going to pay everybody that shows up 600 bucks, and the guy that wins is going to get an extra 1000 and the guy in, in second gets an extra 500 and the guy in third gets an extra 300 Mike, do you know how many people would show up to that race? No, I don't, I don't know how many people would show up, but I'd be one of them, simply because that, that, you know, we've, um, what, you've, what you've got to look at there is you're going to limit the amount of cars you're going to have in the race. Everybody's going to, they're going to all buy tickets to get in. You know, they're, they're all going to have to buy, you know, fuel tires and whatnot. And I have no problem with, with you know, not leveling the field as far as the purse goes. Um, we all race for a trophy anyway. Yes. The only thing to remember is a trophy. That's all I've got. I've got, a, you know, some of them here that, I'm you know, I'm living in the, the 90s, so to speak. I've got a few of them here. And Travis is in my office here. And, and that, that's what you race for. But we go to some events and we have a problem. And the next thing you know, you're only getting X. And, and yeah, you didn't get the winner's the winner's share, which isn't that much more, in, in relatively speaking, if you if you were to, to level it out. 
But I don't think that's a bad idea. I, I really believe that that's the wave of where we're going to go. The problem is going to be it's going to be the person that's going to stand up and say, okay, this is how it's going to happen. Yeah. It's the, the competitor's duty to, to have, have their car sponsored, get their, get their own money to come and race. It's their golf game. Right. They do not pay you to golf. They don't pay you to bowl. They exactly. don't pay you to do any of that stuff. You know, and, and, and I still think football players are all over page. Right. Anyway, other than that, uh, you know, you, you've got to pay to do everything else. You have to pay to go do it. And and this thing here, they're, they're, yeah, they're paying 25 bucks to come in, and they, they own their car and whatnot. That's their vice. That's their problem. I am one of you. I am one of those guys. I get it. But I don't, I don't race for the money. Never have, never will. The guy that does won't make it to the top. Yeah. Well, you take David Rudum, if you ever race for the money, I'll guarantee you he didn't. Exactly. If you listen to to uh, his story, you know for sure that uh, no, he did not he do that for the money. No, he didn't. And, and you know when you you take a street stock class, a mini stock class, whatever, and you look at it at a particular track throughout the year, eighty percent of the purse money is at the top with two or three, four guys at the most. Yep. And you know if you, they're all bringing the same. I mean, you know maybe there are some exceptions, but. Uh, I mean, and this probably isn't fair, but, you know, the guy who finishes 23rd in a 25-car late model race, he's doing the same thing Wayne Anderson's doing when he shows up. Maybe Wayne brings a few more people. I don't know. Well, Wayne does it for a living. Don't forget. He That's tells the, us that exact, all the time. Well, exactly. But we've had a lot of mid-pack guys that would that would bring 10 to 15 people, and, and they come in, and they have a damn good time. Right. Our, our largest car count... Largest. We, we broke it down, guys. We, we went as far as taking four divisions of cars, and we would uh, when you signed in, what division are you with? Okay, here's your sheet. Our non-paid, trophy-only division carried this racetrack. Think about that. There you go. Well, yeah, I guarantee you, Mike, that if you made an announcement on here today, okay, he said, well, I decided that I'm going to go ahead and open up next season. All my classes, though, are going to be... Um, trophy classes until maybe about halfway through the year. I'll guarantee you, your place would still be packed because those people out there want to have a racetrack. So. They, they want to race. And, and, and guys, listen, this isn't in the world. This place is going to be open. It's going to be a racetrack. Somebody's going to lease it. Nobody's going to get rich. The, the property's here. It's a done deal. It's, it's paid for. And, and I, I didn't do all these improvements to, to shut the doors. That's not the, the case in point. case in point for me is I have to do what I'm going to do. I have a short window opportunity for Travis. He's got, you know, some some uh, possibilities with with some different things. I've got a really close relationship with Billy Ballou and, and, and his truck team. Oh yeah, partners in '97, '98. Uh, yeah, know, we got, I've got those. A lot stats. of stuff going on, and so that's you know, again, I've got to focus on job at hand, and then that the governor one's my son. There you go. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us here on the. Uh, Inside Florida Racing. Um, Cece, did you enjoy Mike Cope? Yes, I did very much. It was hey, very Mike, nice talking Mike, with I, you. Mike, i got to tell you, one of the coolest things about Bronson has absolutely nothing to do with about racing. But you go up there and you, and you sit out in the afternoon in the summertime on a weekday. It's peaceful. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's beautiful. And, and I'm, I, I love it here. I'm in my office right here now on the, on the grounds of Speedway. And, I, and I, I, you know, I truly love it here, but I, I have to go do what I've got to go do, and I hope people understand that. All right. We, we wish you the best, and we really thank you for spending the time and uh, 
sharing your thoughts with us here tonight, man. Thanks a lot. No problem. We'll, we'll do it again anytime. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you, Mike. Bye. There you have it. Um, okay. So what a show. It's for lease. Uh, somebody needs to lease it. Cece, talk yes. about fancy work embroidery. Fancy work embroidery. Casey Mays, the, she makes my limited edition Cece Brooks. Kicks Country Racing cap. She makes the Inside Florida Racing uh, staff shirts as well. I as don't mine. have any hats, by the way. I gave you one of I my hats. I know. I'm talking about my own. Oh, you, you don't know, have one of your own hat. Oh, okay. And then Jack has his hanging up on the wall. I love it. But um, they're great people to work with. Go to fancyworkembroidery.com. That's fancy with an I. Fancyworkembroidery.com. You will also find a link to their website on the Inside Florida Racing webpage. Also, let's keep in mind there is the ASA late model race coming this weekend at Charlotte County Motorsports Park. And if you're a big fan of the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series and you're planning to attend the October 25th race at Hendry County, buy reserve, buy, reserve your tickets ahead of time. You'll save $10. It's an easy way to save 10 bucks. Just call the racetrack Actually, and reserve your tickets. Yeah, you can go to UnitedDirtLateModels.com and, uh, and do it online there's a too. phone number on there yeah. you can call to get your tickets. Governor's Cup, November 22nd. New Smyrna Speedway, 44th Governor's Cup. Uh, hey, don't forget, if you want to advertise on uh, our show or on Real Racing USA on any of the shows, it's less expensive than you might think. Give us a call, 941-228-8359. If you're looking to email any of us, too bad. We're not giving you an email address, but if you'd like to talk to me, you could uh, go to robelting at AOL.com or... You can always get a hold of me at C-E-C-E at W-I-K-X dot com. Or if you want to get a hold of Jack so you can curse him out, <laughs> go to Where do you want? Where? I love Jack at Karnak dot com. <laughs> hey, I'm it, sure anything at Karnak. Lunatic Fringe oh, at Real Racing U.S. <laughs> hey, just a reminder, uh, Rick Bristol um, and the Charity Trucker 200, they're still looking for lap sponsors. Uh, sponsorship, no. 20 bucks. Poker Run for Veterans, November 8th at the East Bay Race. Southern Rock Band featuring Danny Toller. And I'm going to be on the track racing that night. Please, please. Woo. Run. Let us know. <laughs> feedback. Here's the deal. Feedback at Real Racing USA. We want to know what you thought of this show tonight. I don't care whether you tell us it sucks. We should all quit doing this. I don't care. But yeah. We want to know what you think about it. Questions you might have. Should we quit our day job? Whatever. Hey Rob, I'm not. I'm not promising to, to race well on November eighth, but I, I am going to have the guts to get out there and do it. I've never ran on dirt before, so. Just remember, rubber down, rubber down, <laughs> and I don't mean rub her down. <laughs>